Antonis, this episode of the Premium Peace Show is sponsored by Rally Road. Hold up, let me put you on to something. Rally Road is a stock market for classic cars. The 70s and 80s era, million-dollar Ferraris and Lamborghinis and Porsches that make rich people even richer. Okay, wait till I tell you about this. These type of cars have made more money than the stock market over the last decade. Rally Road turns them into an actual stock, okay? You understand that? That you can invest in, just like buying shares of Apple or IBM. There's no minimums, they don't take any commission, and you can make the first investment for less than $100, okay? The app right now is in the App Store for iPhone, and you can open up an account for free on their website. Let me tell you something. Premium Pete listeners get a free gift too, okay? I want you to go to rallyrd.com forward slash premium. Again, that's rallyrd.com forward slash premium. Okay, I want you to check them out. I don't, I don't ever put you on to something that I don't think could benefit you. This is an evolving day of investing, and what Rally Road is doing is something special. So one more time, R-A-L-L-Y-R-D.com forward slash premium. Check them out. Hit them up. Email them. Tell them the Premium P Show sent you, okay? And, and, and invest. Earn something, okay? Cheer. Internets, let me tell you something, Okay. Welcome back to another episode. Before we get started, I want to shout out everybody who checked out last week's episode with the co-founder of Sir Kensington's, Scott Norton. Listen, this shit is beautiful when we're able to put people on to people from all walks of life. It's amazing how his story of a, you know people saying, oh, you can't make a ketchup brand if it's not Heinz, and then turning it into a fucking, into an empire, and then eventually being bought, Okay. Allegedly for the amount of $144 million. I mean, not so shabby for two kids out of college, right? Listen, Internet Man, continue to be inspired, okay? If you haven't checked out that latest episode of Scott Norton, uh, co-founder of Sir Kenston's, put it on your to-do list, okay? I shit you not. Thank me later. Okay, now you know what time it is. Open up your Twitter app. Open up your Instagram app. At Premium Pete. At Premium Pete Show. Check the fuck in. Okay, internets worldwide have been checking in, international, in the States, all over. I mean, I'm always, you know, announcing where it's at. Listen to me. I'm thankful. I'm blessed. It's all over. Okay, and open up your Twitter app, open your Instagram app, at Premium P, at Premium P Show. Check in. Let me know where you're checking in from. Let me know what episode you're listening to. Shit, I'll even be open to if, if, if there's a certain person that you want me to have on. Suggest it. Holla at the kid. Okay, and I always tell people. You know, if you if if you want, we did that Chris Morrow episode for podcasts. I get up, I get hit up a lot about podcasting, producing, growing. Uh, you know, podcasts, advertise. Check that episode. But even if you have some more information you want to know, as long as you come correct, don't be email me. Sometimes I get email people like, "Yo, uh, I must pick your brain at this time." Like, motherfucker, you don't do that. Like, you know what I mean? Just like you could chop it up with someone. Just be smooth about it. Be smooth about it. Internet. If you're going through something, okay. And, you know, I care about people who've been away, people who change their lives around like myself. I also care about fellow fathers, fellow parents, single parents, people who are raising child separately. Um, I know how tough it is. You know, I know, I, you know, and I know some days are tough. Internets, email me, thepremiumpeachow at gmail.com. Again, thepremiumpeachow at gmail.com. If you're going through something and I could be of assistance, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give you my email if I didn't mean it, Okay. You know, hit me up. Send me an email. Maybe we'll get on the phone and chop it up, man. And, you know, 
try to guide you through some things, you know. But whatever it is, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask questions either, Internet. I got sometimes I feel like people rather fail than ask questions. And I'm not saying if you fail and can learn a lesson, ain't nothing wrong with it. But some people can ask questions and they're afraid to. Like, yo, when you realize you're gonna die, why the fuck are you worried about asking a question for? You know? When you, you ain't gonna see him in heaven, but yo, you should ask me that question. Nah, I don't think it's gonna go down like that. You know, before we get to the episode, I want to tell people about what I put. Uh, I, I think I may have spoke about this before, but it's one of my best things I like to leave people with. Okay, and I, I keep on telling people, and I and I put this on my Instagram at Premium Pete. Forget about getting even with those who have hurt you, and instead get even with those who have helped. Antonis, I'm gonna tell you that again. Forget about getting even with those who have hurt you, and instead get even with those who have helped. Okay, you know, stop trying to worry if if, if there's toxic people in your life. Okay, and, and you know, let them go, man. Let them go, and start focusing on the people who have shown love to you, who have uh, uh, showed an interest, who have tried to help you out, who have tried to uplift you. Okay, let's start showing people love that show us love. Let's start loving the people that love us. Let's not stop loving the people who don't give a fuck about us. Makes no sense. Internet's. I am so proud to announce. Well, you know what? One more thing before I get into the episode. <clears throat> the other week, I went to go see Phil Collins live. Let me tell you something. That shit was bucket shit list. You know, I love Phil Collins, man. I feel like uh, some of his songs have been instrumental to my life. And to be able to see him live is the first time I've ever seen him live. And it was really dope, man. You know, he's a little, you know, he's battling, uh, uh, you know, I think back surgery. So he actually sat down for most of the concert. But the dude still has a voice. And one thing I really found dope was his 17-year-old son, plays the drums i was like damn man as a father i was like yo that shit is pretty dope like imagine being a father and having a kid that actually one day plays the drums on your tour because you know i'm sure that's not the music he grew up to obviously and he learned and he's killing it and crushing it and it was a great experience uh you know phil collins man the goat man he tore down brooklyn barclay center i appreciate uh uh you know the 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 opportunity to go shout out to my guy charlie charlie stevens for being the plug phil collins man uh, you know if you ever get a chance to see him live Make sure you do that. Okay, here we go. Before we get into this week's episode, I do want to say this. Internets, if I ever did anything for you, if there's ever an episode that you fucked with, that you liked, that that helped you get through something, then do me a favor. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And here's one of those episodes. Let me tell you, rest in peace to my brother, Combat Jack. We sat down with Ice-T. It was one of the best episodes. I, I really enjoyed it. Just from New Jack City, just from following him all these years in the in, in the rap game, the hip, hip-hop game, how, how he carries himself. Motherfucker's a smooth motherfucker. We went over everything, okay? This episode, listen, actor, entrepreneur, pimp, motherfucking hustler, okay? I mean, so much stuff, but really, I wanted to not only go over his hip-hop career, I wanted to just go over his life and the journey of, of you know, he lost his mother at three, his father at seven, being shipped off to his aunt that he never met before in L.A. Anyway, internets, listen, this is legendary, the one and only, the living legend, Ice-T, on this week's episode of the Premium Pete Show. Let's get to it. 
Cheers. Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Fat Man Scoop, the undisputed voice of the club, the two-time Grammy Award winner. Let me make this official for you. Fat Man Scoop, Cork McClam, Internet. It's time to go with my dude, Premium Pete. Let's get focused. Let's go, Internet. Let's turn up one time, Premium Pete. Come on, everybody, get set. Let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up. It's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low, listen. To the show, cause Milk said so. Fuck what you heard, better act like you know. It's the Premium Pete Show. Internet, welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Uh, this one is uh, done at a, a luxurious, beautiful uh, house of the one and only, uh, and I'm going to say it, man, sometimes people use this word uh, too loosely, but a legend, a living legend, you know, uh, definitely uh, some a person who has done so much with his life, a rapper, an actor, an entrepreneur, my friend, the one and only Iceberg motherfucking Ice-T. That's what's up, Pete. Thank you. Welcome to the crib. Listen, you, you know this is you had to have a top security clearance to get up in here. You know oh, this yeah. is the honeycomb hideout. We keep it real, real, real secure and uh, very like I, I, I don't really invite a lot of people to my house because you know that's where I, this is where I live. Sure, you know. So I I, I look at you as a friend. Mm. We built a friendship Likewise. over years. So you know it's better to do it nice. It's a Sunday afternoon, comfortable. You know, and talk it over, you know, and and, and, and especially I got to give you respect for carrying on with this podcast after loss of combat. You know, a lot of people would have just let it go. But, you know, in honor of him, we got to respect you, you yeah. know, because you 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 holding that torch. And this is what he would have wanted to do. So, you know, it was just a time to uh, uh took a minute to get the uh, yeah, yeah, schedules sure. right. But. Here we are. Yeah, rest in peace, uh, Combat. Yo, honestly, one of my favorite Combat Jack shows is the one with the one and only Ice-T yourself. Three hours we fucking talk. <laughs> Yo, honestly, man, to be honest with you, that was one of my one of my favorite for so many reasons. But I want to start the show off like this. When I came in the house, you showed me a... a, a um, a trophy. A trophy that... Well, you asked about the trophies. You looked in my wall. You said, what are these trophies? I said, well, this is a... Uh, 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 image award. This is an NAACP award, but I said this is the one I'm the most proud of, and it's a trophy I got from my my homies, the cats I used to be in the streets with before records, and uh, we had a an event called the Players Toast, and they gave this to me. And tell them what it looks like. I mean, we used to steal jewelry, but we never stole from people. We stole from you know stores, sure, but uh, industries. Well, they, you know, th- th- that's how you get away because we would hit them for like half a million and they say they got hit for three million and they'd say it was a bunch of white kids that ran in there <laughs> because they didn't want us to get caught. So there was a ga- there was game on top of game at that point. But yeah, real. I mean, real life heat shit. But let me well, let me read to, uh, to the Internet what real this says It's a trophy with the diamond on top and it says toast to iced tea. You have made it possible for so many plays to come up in the game. You literally open up the gates of the entertainment industry for those who were clever enough to position themselves to get paid or be successful. You once said it was all the same hustle, but different marks. We want to go on record to say how proud we are of, of you for making the transition from hustler, Mac, player, pimp, to a successful rapper, actor, and entrepreneur. From the entire crew, we are proud of you. Presented to Ice-T. First annual play is told. Uh, yo, let me tell you, you, you know... Getting get, getting props, getting you know, getting love from fans for you know, I mean, shit, you're in the in the game almost like thirty fucking yeah, 30, forty, yeah, thirty five thir- years, yeah. thirty five years, but ain't nothing like getting getting love 
from 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 the hood, from the street, from where you grew up, where where where, where you kind of made your bones. Yeah. How important is that to you? It's the most important. You know, when I when I first started making records, I was only rapping to my crew. Like that's who said that was good, or that was whack, or say that. And uh, you know, that was that was always my my uh, my 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 test. Mm. You know, like I'm talking. Sh- straight to cats that I'm growing up with. And they were the ones that turned me on to doing what I do. You know, I when I first started rapping, I tried to rap like New York. Mm-hmm. So I was rapping, battle rapping, this, that, and the third. And, uh, you know, my little crime crew, they was like, talk about us. Talk about what we do. You know, you got these rhymes. You, you talk about us all the time, all this hustling and shit. I'm like, nobody wants to hear that. This is negative. This is, this is criminal shit. And, uh, that's where six in the morning came from. I was inspired by Schoolie D. I heard PSK mm. and I said, man, I need a song with that kind of vibe. And uh, six in the morning came next thing, you know, I'm talking about running from the cops and I struck a nerve and all of a sudden, you know, my fan base just exploded. I was like, they called me. I knew I, what happened was like, I got a call from Frisco to do a show at the Fillmore West. This is when I just had this one single and I was like, okay, I knew about the Fillmore West. Cause Hendrix had played there. So I knew about that. And I was like, okay, a week later, they called back. They say, will you do another show? I'm like, I just said I was going to do one. They said, no, in the same place that sold out. Mm. I'm like, what? I'm like, I sold a show out. I couldn't sell a show out in LA, but I sold it out in the Bay. The homies was on it. They like, yo, this is your shit. Ice. This is what you doing. Nobody's doing talking about the streets, talking about drugs and crime and stuff like that. Go in. And I'm like, if they like this, man, I could do this forever because I had so much arsenal of information and, you know, the homies, man, you know, I, you know my, my friends would call me from the penitentiary and they'd be like, yo, man, stay the course. Don't send nobody to jail. Don't uh, excite people like this is all good because we stuck and you ain't got to lie because you live such an incredible life. Just keep it within the lines. Like, tell the truth. You don't got to make this shit up. You really did it. So. I've always tried to back my music with the B side of the game, the excitement and the and the, and, and the floss of it, but also the pain that comes along with it. Or I honestly couldn't do it. That's why in, in Original Gangster, I said that invincible shit don't work. I'll throw you in a joint. You'll be coming out feet first. Mm. So I make sure I, 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 I might talk it, but I also back it with the with what comes with it. And that's how my friends and they respect me. You know, a lot of my friends, when I went and started rapping, they like, oh, nigga, you about to go rap now. Nigga, you better get this money. You know, they, they kind of diss me. They like. But I was like, look, man, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to try this, you know, and, uh, and then they all went to prison and now they came home and they I employ them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they like you was right on that one. You was right. And then my friends right now that are stuck. It's like, yo, ice man, like. You made the right move, man, at the right time. We just didn't know. Yeah. LWAPs, man. Uh, you know? Life without possibility of parole. And 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 I still connected with my crew and it's always that's gotta be the most important thing to you. I mean, I think solidarity, you know, I still got DJ Evil E. Mm-hmm. When I hit the stage, Shawnee Sean was the driving on the Give Freaks Hell is on the he's on the stage with me. I think that that's a stat that 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 says something about the man. Mm. Like, if you don't have any of your friends from your past, that says something about you. Sure. You know, I'm not gonna say I got all of them. A lot of my friends 
you know, cross me like they do. This is how life is. But I, I got a majority of my guys that was, you know, involved with that stuff that we were able to remain loyal. And, uh, you know, I love them to death. And, and, and you know, I'm telling their stories along with my story. So it's they're part of it. You know, this game is funny because you can meet somebody later on in life mm-hmm. and become better friends with than you, you know, people you grew up with sometimes. Well, a lot of times the people you grew up with build resentment. Mm. If you if you tend to make a move and all of a sudden, you know, Pete Dot comes out for a hundred billion dollars, people feel that you sh- you owe them a million dollars. Like for what? For like walking to the store with you one time? Like I don't really know you. Like I always say, <laughs> you have associates. And then you have really, really good friends. You're a friend of mine, mm. but then you got really good friends. Sure, like sure. you're really good. I say my thing is, can you go in the person's house and go in their refrigerator? Mm. If you can't go in my refrigerator, then there's still a level you still haven't reached, you know. But when you got that ability to come up over some or you, you know, you can walk up in my crib and be in here sleeping when I get home. Mm. You got that kind of level of stuff. I got a couple of boys that are that close, but I still got to keep an edge in them because they will move in and be sleeping up in my bed if I let them get out sure, all sure. the way in. You know, get but all the blankets. It's 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 kind of a good thing. It's, it it makes you feel good to still have old friends. I mean, I meet new people. I'm very hard to become close to. Mm. Why very, you say that for though? I'm just very difficult, man. Like I, I got enough friends. Uh, I just, I'm just, I'm cautious, you know, I, I don't, everyone has an angle, you know, like you asked me earlier, you say, you never recorded with Snoop? And I'm like, nah, Snoop's my friend. Uh, sometimes business fucks up friendships. I never worked with Dre. I've been knowing Dre since way back in Dudo's days mm. before NWA and all that. Me and Dre are cool. You know, we're friends. I could call Dre. We could talk. But I know when Dre got paid, people like, yo, Dre didn't give you no money. Mm. Like, why? What, what y'all motherfuckers got this shit so twisted? I'm like, Dre already paid me back the twenty dollars he owes me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, no, no, that's not how it yeah, works. Yeah. And that's, you won't want that. Why would you want someone to give you something? But just, people yeah. got it fucked up, so they feel like, well, damn, Ice, you know, why didn't? Why you never had a Dre track? I'm like, I did well on my own. Sure. You know, I mean. I've recorded with Cube because we did Trespass. Cube is friends, but the friendship is more important than the business mm. to me. Uh, I could do business with people I don't like. Sure. <laughs> sure. All day, all day. Yeah, you know? You know, you mentioned, uh, I remember you saying, fuck the police, you know, when that came out. I remember that you were on tour with uh, Cube. Yeah. And and you used to get the crowd going crazy because they what they say about the cops like uh, well no I had this intro right I had this intro uh, I used to take before you got to remember in, in in the scope of things I was on my third album when Straight Outta Compton dropped mm. so Cube and everybody were friends of mine uh, I was happy for NWA always have been because I needed. I, know, I liked having more West Coast rappers. Sure, sure. I'm out there by myself as a solo artist. And then to have Ren and all them, we was cool. So we used to tour DOC, Easy, all of us and stuff. And, you know, I just posted a ticket recently with, with Public Enemy, Ice-T, NWA. People like, how is Ice-T above NWA? So you got you to do, you do your history. Mm. I was out before them. Sure. You know, when they came out, they blew right past mm. me because, you know, Straight Out Compton was a a, a, a fucking tornado a sight that thing was a monster when i heard the first track i was like dear god but crazy but before that 
they was out there doing dope, man. They was doing all the different mm-hmm. songs. And um, I had albums. Mm. So um, I had this intro I used to do for six in the morning. Six in the morning was the big hit. And I would come out and I would say, yo, the police say I can't perform this record. Now, this was just game. I would, the police ain't said shit to me, but I'm saying this. I'm hyping the crowd. It's entertainment. And I'm like, what the fuck y'all think I should do? Should I play this record? And I say, fuck the police in the crowd. Yeah, I say, fuck the police. Say, fuck the police. They say, fuck the police. And then I would go into this intro. My name is Ice-T. I got a rep like a killer, killer killer no one gets wilder no one gets illa 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 i don't get high i don't drink miller miller but if your bitch is empty i'm sure i can fill her fill her <laughs> fill her i make stupid ass records because i just don't care care motherfuckers won't even play my shit on the air air but y'all know you like it you say you want more because every time i leave the crib and go to the store i hear six in the morning police at my door we drop that shit boom the crowd will yeah. go fucking bat shit so now we on tour and easy pulls out a box and he's like yo check this track out fuck the police i was like oh shit y'all on my bumper right but we all friends. Sure, sure. You know, so they come out with Fuck the Police, and it was a, a uh, monster. It tremendous. Was a, it was a monster song. Now, was Cube inspired by that intro? I'm quite sure Cube was on the side of the stage with the reaction to Fuck the Police. So they took that and said, you know, and, 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 and it, it was all love. People like, oh, are you mad? No, it's not a bite. It's influence. It's like It's just like me saying... I heard PSK. I wanted a song with the PSK vibe. Sure. I just told you earlier, we were talking about Biz and Milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top Billing. Yeah. Uh, Get Butt Naked and Fuck mm. was inspired by Top Billing. I heard that beat and I'm like, I need a, I need that that kind of vibe. And sure. Islam, boom. That came one, one. And next thing you know, I'm doing Let's Get Butt Naked and Fuck. So everybody... Everybody listens to other shit and says, I remember when Dots Effects came out, I was like, if niggas is finna rap like this, I'm done. Cause they was so different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my God, like, whoa. They scared me. Mm. And, and and Twister scared me. Mm. Because I was like, if this is where it's gonna go, I, I don't think I can keep up with these niggas. And then I wrote a rhyme, I said, I hear your styles, although you rhyme quicker. No matter what you do, I'll always lace mine thicker. Jealousy will make a fool die quicker than liquor. Watch your back with your nigga because that's right where he'll stick it. Mm. So I said, my thing is I can't out rhyme him. I got to rhyme heavier. I got to rhyme sure. so the shit has weight versus the verbal dexterity the Buster had or some of these other cats had. So I just said, I'll just try to rhyme thicker, not quicker. Mm. <laughs> what was your thoughts the first time you ever heard Buster Rhymes? Dear God, Nick, rappers scare other rappers. Like you're like, whoa! Like I was leaders in the new school, and I saw them, and I was like, yo, these guys are really outrageous. But you got to remember, this is an era where you had to be different. Mm. You had to be really, really different. Like you couldn't even come close to another artist's style. That was biting, and biting was like one of the cardinal sure. sins of hip hop. So we're where where. My closest comparison would have been a group like NWA, but they were a gang. Mm. Cube says that's where the term gangster rap came from. From a, 
you know, straight out of Compton, crazy motherfucker named Ice Cube from a gang called Niggas with Attitude. They called themselves a gang. They didn't call themselves a rap group. And the press called it gangster rap. So I said, well, if that's gangster rap, then I'm the original sure. gangster. So let's go there. So, but when I heard Buster, I was just, I, I just love original shit. Anyone who is original, whether it was Buster, whether it was Nas, whether it was anybody who had their own style, I was just totally fascinated with it, you know? Because it was, I just realized it was so many different ways to rap. There's so many different ways to rap where Run DMC was yelling and Schooly D was talking mm. and Rakim was flowing mm. and everybody was different. And that made it an interest, you know, like when you go to see the fat boys, you go to see the fat boys, some fat boys. And, and, and it was very important that every artist brought something new to the stage and you kind of knew what it was. Mm. When you go see Ice-T, you finna go see some L.A. shit. LA player, you finna see a nigga with a perm. You about to see some shit the difference than we do, you know, anywhere else. Uh, I love Buster Rhymes. Buster is a monster. I mm. think Buster, out of all the rappers, is one rapper. Like people always want to put somebody up against Eminem. I put Buster up against Eminem. I mm. think Bust. You let Bust go in the trenches, get his shit together, and come. He can. I can see that. Yeah. Bust is on that level. Like mm. Tech Nine, certain people sure. are power rappers, and they could. Dude, you better have your bars up to go against M, though. He's not to be fucked with. Mm. When's the first time you met Eminem? I met Eminem. Uh, I was a fan of Eminem before Dre signed him. I got the cassette. I had a label. I was doing a label in L.A. called Coroner Records. I was on a, I was trying to do a MP3 shit before people really knew about it. And um, somebody brought me the tape. They said, you got to hear this. And so I heard it. And it was him talking about putting this girl in a trunk. Mm. and driving off the bridge. And uh, they said, it's a white dude. I'm like, what? He was nasty. So I was starting to let the homies listen. And I, I let them hear it first. And I, at the end, I said, it's a white dude. They like, what? Everybody said, what? <laughs> Next thing I know, I heard Dre signed him. Mm. So I was I was already up on him. Um, then we went on the Warp Tour. Uh, I can't tell you what year it was, but it was myself Eminem was out there, uh, Black Eyed Peas before mm -hmm. Fergie. And, you know, I think because Dre was my friend and was like a nephew, you mm -hmm. know, he was Dre's young new artist. And I remember we were out on that tour and anybody was there. The white kids used to throw shit at Eminem. Mm -hmm. Really? Oh, yeah. They, they, they were really rude to Eminem early in the game. And he'll tell you. And I think they didn't feel like they could. First off, Warped Tour is more of a punk rock tour. The white kids didn't feel like they could throw shit at me because it would be racist. Mm. But when he got up there, you know, that's when Wigger and all that shit was out. Sure. They was going in on him hard. And, um, you know, I kind of like respected the fact he just kept knocking it out and he kept doing it. And I'm like, this kid's going to blow up because he was paying his dues. Mm. And uh, I never forget I was talking to him. That's when I first met him on that tour. And I said, well, what do you want out of this? He said, I just want to be a I just want to be around like you and Dre. That's all he wanted was longevity. <laughs> well, he fucking did that. Mm. But mm. I think the fact that 
he knew it wasn't going to be an easy task just being a white kid coming in to rap. And I signed one of the first white kids. I signed Everlast mm. back in the day. He was a member of the syndicate. So I never been on no racist shit. I just, whoever got the goods. That's like me having a basketball team and you can slam and hit three point shots, but you're a white dude and I'm mm. not going to put you on my team. Mm. Are you fucking crazy? I don't give a fuck. Stop, put him in the put, game. Put shit. He start. He's starting point. Whoever can play the best got to get the. You know, this ain't, sure. we're trying to get points. So when I'm listening to a rapper, I'm like, "Yo, you, you fire!" Like, I don't. Are you from Mars? I don't give mm. a fuck. Mm. I had no racial shit. I'm just like the best man's gonna win in this game. And um, but he was very humble. Always has been very humble with me. Uh, then I hear he says. Reckless was the first rap record he ever heard as a kid. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So he said it. You probably could Google that shit. He's speaking on it. But he said it in the art of rap. In my movie, he said it. But, you know, I'm an Eminem fan. I mean, Eminem is a, a very toxic cat. He crosses a lot of boundaries. He says a lot of wild shit. But in a in a war of words certain words to be off limit a lot of us didn't understand that we just feel like if i'm at you you every kind of punk pussy sure, faggot, sure. whatever the fuck it's just words it doesn't hold the weight that people now are very sensitive about it i'm not really trying to diss the gay community or anything i'm just trying to launch insults at you you know and that's just what it is and so people get on him they picking all his words apart saying this that and the third i'm like you over intellectualizing this shit he's just going in on a diss track come on stop it you know and but maybe you shouldn't even be listening to this yeah, sure, track. Sure. this is hip-hop shit this is for people that understand now if aunt mabel picks up a body count album she's gonna be offended all over the goddamn thing because this is not for her she doesn't understand Half of the shit I'm saying. So I ride with Eminem. I'm, I have no reason not to ride with mm, Eminem. Mm. You know, a lot of people know you as a West Coast uh, dude. Okay. L.A. dude. But yes, really, you were born in Newark, New Jersey. Yeah. Well, I was born in Newark, New Jersey uh, in 1958. Mm. I just turned 60 years old. Um, God bless my brother. Yeah. My, my, my father was part of the civil rights movement. He was out in the streets with the hoses and all that bullshit in the fifties. My mother was a very fair-skinned white, obviously white, black woman. She was from New Orleans. She's Creole, mm. so that's where the, the light skin and the hazel eyes comes mm. from. My father was this brother's complexion, mm. brown skin. Brother Chris, yeah. brother Chris, and they were looked upon as being in an interracial relationship because my mother, back in those days, they say she could pass. That mm. means she could pass as white, had straight hair. Uh, you know, from the perms and stuff. But basically, they were under siege from racists and shit like that. So racism was never allowed in my house. My mother died when I was in the third grade. My father passed when I was in the seventh. And I was shipped to Los Angeles to live with his sister, who I had never met. And when I got, the day, got, the, got to L.A., I was bused to a white junior high school, Palms in Culver City. And then when I got to... 10th grade, I went to Crenshaw High School, mm. which mm. was at that Crazy. time called Fort Crenshaw, where that's where the gangs were. That's They had all the different gangs there. At that time, there were what we called back in the day Brims. Bloods were called Brims. Brims were called, a, they were the Crips and the Brims. Mm. 
a brim refers to you as blood. A crip refers to you as cuz. So that's where the word blood came from. So the crips were basically infesting Crenshaw and moved out all the brims. And um, I was there right then. This is, this is the year ages of Tookie and, you know, uh, Barefoot Pookie and all, sure. all the real legendary gangsters, uh, Raymond Washington. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the first generation of gangsters. And uh, I showed up there from L.A., well, I've been in New in in L.A. I mean, I've been in New. I'm from New Jersey, but I've been in L.A. for two years, three years, going to L- junior high. But now I'm hitting this school, and it was a fucking moment. It was like, yo, yo, this is real. But you know, you're gonna figure it out. Mm. You know, you're gonna figure it out real quick. You know, did the did, like when you were growing up, like obviously you were around in L.A. Did the gangsters like did that shit mesmerize you? Because I remember growing up, like and seeing all these mafia guys, and I was like, damn man! Like I remember dudes like putting their jackets on and and getting them into the Cadillacs, and I, you know, I, I was I was mesmerized by that shit. Like my father was a regular like suit and tie guy, and I was like, damn! I don't even. It took me years later to re- really respect my father, right? Because he he was the, you know the working man is, is a tough guy. You know what right. I mean, like. I wasn't really mesmerized. I was just more like dropped into the situation because I'm coming from a white junior high school. So I don't got no real backup. All the kids at Crenshaw were coming from Bethune. They were coming from, um, from, um, you know, Horace Mann, these other tough junior high schools. And I'm coming from there. So they already clicked up. They, they got 20 friends. I got no friends. So I got to figure it out. I had maybe like six of us that came they didn't catch the bus anymore and went. We were so cold. We created a gang mm. that didn't exist. From the, we called ourselves um, the EPA. So we created a gang. Me, my man Burnett and Zell. We connect so we could get in there and convince them that we had a backup, so we could just survive long enough to really infiltrate the other mm. gangs. Mm. So. uh I got a rhyme. Want to hear a rhyme? Yeah, well, come on. This is a rhyme for the EPA. It goes like this. Uh, and this is pre-rap. Okay. This is this is long okay. before rap started. I say, um, strolling through the city in the middle of the night. No, 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 no. That's that's another one. It goes like this. Uh, how's it go? Oh yeah, fall into a party on a Saturday night. And I left the pad down and out for a fight. Had on my waistline leather, Levi's cuffed. Under the coat, I knew I was buff because I was driving that iron, getting ready for the set. And I was packing a punch and nigga never forget. Mm. The ring in my ear was hanging halfway to the floor because the Crips used to wear the cross on a long ring. And I was so tight, I walked sideways out the door. <laughs> now, my hoopty was lifted front, side and rear. Glass was all tinted. Wasn't none of it clear. Craigered down with a cold ass pearl, the deepest diamond tuck in the goddamn world. I had quadraphonic headphones with the tone you could fix. Under the seat, I had a 30-06. Mm-hmm. On the way to the party, I was scraping and hopping because I knew by the end of the night there was going to be some popping. When I got to the set, I just let it lay on the ground. The Buddhists came to check it out from Chinatown. Mm. Now, I fell in the party. There was women for days. I was looking crazy in some hellified ways. I just walked in the corner and listened as they talked. First James Brown record, I jumped up and crip walk. Now, I was walking so hard. Couldn't no one compete. I was about to turn out the party with my goddamn feet. But then some niggas went and got out of line. 
and his nose my fist had no trouble to find. After driving the iron so hard all that day, I punched his grill in one hell of a way. But his partners fell out and so did mine. And the squabbing went on for quite a long time. Then all of a sudden I heard some popping. I knew not too soon this fight would be stopping. I seen 22s, 38s, and a 45. Pete, I knew not too much would be left alive. Niggas broke out in a goddamn rage. I even think I seen the sawed off gauge. But homies, I was sent from hell, not heaven. I broke out with the chrome plate at 357. And the name of the game is simply survival. At the end of the night, 10 was dead on arrival. And me and my partners, we was gone like the winds. The police blamed it on the crypts or the brim. But some people knew in the corner in the dark, them crazy niggas reside in Triangle Park. They go by the name of Burnett, Zell, and Trey. And they belonged to the association called the EPA. And we were called the Eliminators Pimping Association. <laughs> no. That's what we were. Legendary. Yo, yo. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't even know, Pete. I ain't said that rhyme in 29 years. Like, how the fuck? Yo, how, how do you remember that shit, don't though? Don't ask me, cuz. Don't ask me. And, you know, see, that's the shit. I have a lot of those. That's what my friends were saying. Put them on record. Mm, mm, you follow me? Mm. And that's when they say, do that shit you do. Mm. But I'm trying to rhyme like Run DMC and all that shit. They like, nigga, talk that shit. And, and isn't that where like the they said where you got ice uh, iced tea from? Because uh, ice I, obviously Iceberg Slim was a big influence. But then you they were like, yo, talk that ice up tea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Iceberg Slim was a book that the, the the cool kids in my school would carry around in their back pocket. If you ever seen a, a one of these novels by Donald Goins or Iceberg Slim, they fit perfectly in the back of a 501 jean pocket. They fit just enough that you can just see the top that says Iceberg Slim on it. So I'm looking at all these players with these books. I'm like, man, I need some of that good game. And what is that book? So I cracked the book and I was just sunk. I just went in. like I was like, yo. This is the coolest shit in the world. So I learned how to quote Iceberg Slim. I can quote an ice. Well, here's here's Iceberg Slim. He says, I need a three-way winch that'll play Jasper in a stench and take him around the horn. No Gene or John, this hoe couldn't con because that trick was never born. Mm. She'll be a good shot broad and an ace at fraud and drag. She'll play like a vet. She'll stuff like an ace, never lose a case and leave many a mark in debt. She'll be rated the best in the East and the West when a boosting hand goes down. She'll steal knots out of knees and Fido's fleas. This bitch will steal out many a town. Now, Pete, I heard hoes cry about the wind being high and the law being on their tail, about snow and sleep being asshole deep and the tricks can go to hell. And some greasy spoon or juke saloon, you'll find them killing their time, crying hard luck tears and sucking up beers and the pimps ain't getting a dime, turning hard turning half dollar tricks just to get a fix because their pussies doing the pimping mm. that is ruining the name of one hell of a game because their pimps is doing the simping now i'm 16 pete saying this to 16 year old girls they like this nigga's fly yeah like who is this fly ass motherfucker so now i'm like everybody's like say some more of that iceberg shit t because my name's tracy mm-hmm when I'm in the gangster shit, I'm called Trey, Crazy Trey. Mm. That's why I said Burnett, Zell, and Trey. I wouldn't let people call me Tracy because that was a girl's name. Where I grew up, that was a bitch name. But people try to call you that when you were young? Well, no. When when you tell a cat in the hood, 
you know, yeah, my 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 name's Tracy. There's always a dude like him just mumbles some. Yeah, that's a bitch name. Like, <laughs> now you got to go in. Like I just met you, niggas. Like really? Like right now? I'm gonna start an altercation. It's like I'm on basketball wives. Like I just met you, and now we in a fight. So we just broke it down to Trey, just to remove the conflict. But then when I started doing this iceberg shit, like in the twelfth grade. People will say, say some more of that ice stuff, T. Mm. So ice tea is really short for iceberg tea. It rings like the drink, like people think, but it's not T-E-A. It means cool or iceberg tea, which is my first name. And that's how we came with that name. And it rhymes and it works. So it's too hard to rhyme shit with iceberg. So we went with ice tea. <laughs> you know, you, you, you know, what's crazy is you you talk about being a, like being influenced by you know iceberg slim and the pimp and the shit like i remember you telling me a story one time of you being at a beauty parlor yeah that, that's why i got my first and, record did. and getting your hair did yeah and 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 and, and talk about how how marvelous your hair look i, you, I oh, remember yeah. you had a line that used to say some wave you didn't ships in the navy there we baby. Go. There we you go. dig what i'm saying i used to well see see there's two games going on. You know, if you out here, if you, gangsters, they they move shit with force. Mm. A gangster says, you're going to do what I say or else. You come from the, the, the mob, them cats like, yo, or else. Yeah. A player is going to play you into it. He's going to finesse you into it. So I was in the streets and I'm like, okay, we got the gangbangers over here. I grew up with all the gangbangers, but I was more fascinated with the player lifestyle. That's why I say I switched from banging to hustling. No more going buck wild. Once I got into that, it was all about wearing fila, all about looking fly, having that perm. You have to, on some player shit, you have to look better than the woman. Mm. You have to outdo her. You have to be sharper. Your nails got to be clean. Your clothes got to be clean. Your car got to be right. So you put her on her heels backwards like, oh, wow, this man is really out doing me. And that way you have the advantage. Don't walk up to no chick looking bummy. She going to shit on you. You ain't getting no respect. But if you come cleaner and I'm talking about she has to know my hair is really growing this long, baby. I know you working with some tracks or whatever. This is my real growth. You understand? <laughs> and my shit is luxurious. Woo! So I'm out doing you right now. So now we're going to talk. We're going to talk like this. We're mm. gonna, you know, I'm going to be working my hair and you're going to be trying to work your wig. You dig? And at the end of the day, you're going to understand you're going to have to pay to be up around this. Mm. You dig? You're going to have to break bread to be in this flyness. I'm, I'm, I'm offering you a lot. You get to be around me. You get to be around cars. You get to be around exciting things, you know. So there's going to be a slight charge, you know. But, you know, we were cold though, when we were stealing. We used to tell the girls, no matter how nice I act, no matter how many dinners I buy, no matter how wonderful I seem to be, at some point, I'm going to ask you to break the law. Mm, at mm, some point, mm, it's going to come. Mm. So you're not with no good guys. And that was a lifestyle I lived for a long time. And and uh, is it difficult? I mean, would you say like you know, is you know pimping difficult? Like, is now, pimping is impossible? I mean, it's 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 not it's 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 very out overrated, you know. And I wasn't no knockdown drag out pimp. I I just played every game. Sure, sure. I just played every game. Sure. So sending the chick, you know, that's been done. But I wasn't out on the corner hanging out with sure. her. I was more of a go get it type cat. Yeah. Any pimp got to be his best hoe. 
Mm. You know, you got to be able to go get way more money than the check. So you got to be able to go out there and get it. My thing was just, I'm playing whatever game, whether it's fraud, whether it's this, whether it's that, we'll, we'll change and transform into it. Like we used to dress like players and we would be like, don't get it fucked up. I'll turn this P into a G Mm. real quick. You know, you know, so when people say, well, ice, was doing this or that, I was just always around fly shit, fly women. Most of the chicks that was with me weren't hoes. They was just hustlers, and they rolled with us. And maybe one of the things they might do to break you would be fuck you. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But they wasn't just like knock down, drag out prostitutes. You they was what we call yeah, thoroughbreds. They'll get it any kind of way that's coming. You got to watch them. You know, when I first started listening to group girls like Foxy Brown and Little Kim and all that, I'm like, that's some chicks I grew up with. That kind of hustling mentality of whatever it takes, you know, you're going to get it at the end. You used to get your hair done and we spoke about beauty power. Is it yeah. true that you used to go to places with rollers in your hair? Or I, got, I got a mug shot with rollers in my hair. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yo, I mean, that was, part of, that was part of this shit. Look, look, at Crenshaw High School, we used to come to homeroom in slippers. What? Yeah, like, you know, the corduroy house. Yeah, 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 yeah. And rollers. And I wouldn't take out my curlers till nutrition. You mm. know, like, you know, this is some old West Coast shit. You know, you seen Big Worm and... Uh, and, and yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that, that was just part of our look. You know, it was it was uh, fashionable to be, like, like, ready to look good. Like, I got my curlers in. I haven't combed my curls out. I'm just waiting. Later on, I'm going to knock them out. I might let the girls comb yeah, them out. Yeah, yeah. But, uh... That's just growing up in that lifestyle, you know, having a good time, man. You know, um, I never really had problem with gangsters because I got the gift of gab. I know I'm not the toughest guy in the room, but I think I could befriend the toughest guy in the room. So I was always that cat. Like my boys just call me Master Blaster. Mm. You ever see? Uh, you ever see? Uh, um, Pterodon, mm. mm. and there was this big monster, and it was a guy in the top, the little man. And he was Master Blaster. Blaster was the big guy, and the little midget was up on his shoulders, and he controlled him. That was the one with uh, Tina Turner, mm, Master mm. Blaster. So they was like, Ice is Master Blaster, because I had some of the biggest, scariest dudes in L.A. on my side. And they was like, they loved me because I knew how to give them what they needed to make things happen in their life, and they had my back. So I was like a self-contained problem but i never jumped into any game for the record i never like crenshaw high school is rolling 60s harlem crip hoover crips what are those sets those, are like those sets yeah. 60s then you got a trade gangsters those are all crips yeah anything that's see all right want a quick quick gang lesson yeah thank you anything that's not a crip is a blood by okay. default so Everything, if I say Rolling 60, that's a gangster crip, A Trey gangster crips, Harlem crips, um, those are all crips. So every one of those gangs, uh, Imperial, uh, PJ Watts, those are crips, Jordan Downs crips, those are all crips. Anything that's not a crip is a blood, but they're not all connected. So Athens Park Boys is a self contained gang, mm. but they're brims. Mob Pyrus, those are bloods, but they're brims. Inglewood family. Those are bloods, right? Uh, uh, Bloodstone villains out in the Pueblos. These are all the jungles, but they're not all connected. They're all just different gangs. So 
if I'm was that the oh that's for the dog so if I'm APB and I'm after Park Boy I'm not connected to the Denver Lane sure but we're still Bloods because we're not Crips Mm. get it so anything that's not a Crip is a Blood by default Crips are the biggest gang but well, why do you say that? Why, why do you say because that? Because they are. No, I'm saying I don't know that. I'm saying why? I'm just saying because they are. Yeah. They're just the most, they have the most people. Mm. Uh, but then you've got the Mexican gangs who might even outnumber them, where you've got mm. the 18th Street, possibly could be the biggest gang in LA. Yeah, 18th Street. Now you've got MS 13s, you've got mm. Sucktails, mm. you've got Harpies, you got White Fence, you've got all these different, lots of Mexicans out there, you know? So my thing was coming out of LA. It was stupid for me to say, okay, all my good, my real close homies is 60s. Mm-hmm. If I claim 60s, I immediately make the A-Trades my enemy. I make, immediately make Hoover's my enemy. Why do it if, I, if I'm if i not really jumped into the set? So I just claim the West Coast. I'm going for diplomatic immunity. I'm repping the coast. Mm-hmm. So I would wear black, red and some. Black and some, blue, people like, okay. And no one really even spoke about their gang affiliations till after the truce in 92 anyway, because it was too dangerous. No one was really coming out. You you look for some pre-92 pictures of anybody, nobody was coming out wearing colors because it was too dangerous to come, you know, come see you at your show. And that's when niggas was on site. That was when LA was on site. Like if I seen another gang, they would just take it off. Once the truce came in, they said, look, we all gangs, but let's stop all the set tripping. Mm. Like all this unnecessary set tripping. So there's still beef, but it's not as for no, well, it's all for no reason, but it's just not as like I've been to, I've been to house of blues where I've seen 20 sets in there Mm. at one time. And I'm like, whoa, Whoa, I can pick out different cats because I know shot callers from all the different sets and they love iced tea because I, I rep the West. Sure, sure. You know, sometimes, you know, when I was away, this is the only thing I don't really uh, admire about, like, say, Bloods or Crips gangs. When I was away, there's a lot of young kids that were, you know, claiming Blood or claiming Crip, but like nobody was there for them. Like, meaning like they, they were doing their thing in the street. And they ain't got no money in their commissary. Nobody was coming to visit them. And I felt like, why rep for a, uh, 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 why rep for something that's not going to take care of you once you get knocked for it? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I'm not saying everyone does no, that. No, no, I'm no, sure listen, that yeah. man, gangbang is something that's really attractive when you're in high school, really till you're about 20. Once you really get out and you start to leave that neighborhood, you kind of hold on to it because if me and you were out road together from 15 to 20, I might know a lot of things you did. My man might have held me down. So there's a love and there's a connection that's going to be there forever. But the foolishness, it's unnecessary. It changes. People slow up. They go in, they move over, do different things. Now, in the California penal system, it's heavy, mm. you know, because you got, you know, you got the Aryan nation in there. You got the black gorilla family. Sure. You got the northern and southern Hispanics. You got Crip cars, blood cars. You got the Muslim cars. So, you know, the problem is if you go into a if you go into a California pen and you join a gang, you come up on once under the you come up under what's called a constitution, which is the rules. Mm. So if they tell you to move on somebody. You got to move on them. So it could be. I just tell people, like, if you don't have to be in a gang, if it's not something that your neighborhood is heavy in, 
don't don't seek that shit out. Mm. It's it's not something that you need to be involved with. Like one of my partners, one of my little homies, I'll I'll leave his name out of it, but he was from Compton. So he made a lot of money and he bought cars and everything. And I was like, why are you still you you know, you, you looking like a banger? Sure. Like, why? He said, Cause I still live in the hood. I mean, when I go home, they they checking for me. I'm like, you got to get out of there. So we moved into the valley, and he started dressed like a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> he changed his whole get down, though. But you know, sometimes people don't know, like especially squares that live in nice communities. Sure, sure. They don't understand the pressure of some of our communities. Mm-hmm. They don't understand mm-hmm. what it is mm-hmm. to live in a project. Mm-hmm. When you're living in a project, there's there's a fucking like governor there. There's a president there. There's rules. There's enforcement, and you have to, you have to, li- you have to live there. Sure. My daughter lived in the jungle, which is a big blood area in L.A. All her uncles is connected to the cribs. So one day I was taking her school shopping, and I tried to get her some blue sneakers. She's like, "Daddy, I can't wear them. Mommy, we staying in the jungles." So I wasn't with her mom, so I, she said, "We stay in the jungles." I'm like. What you in the gang? She's like, I just don't want the drama. Mm. So you get caught up in that shit. And you gotta be aware of it. You have you will. If you're from it, For you'll sure. be aware of it. You don't you're not part of it, but you're just aware of it. So, you know, when I did colors, I was trying to break down the whole mentality of gang banging and stuff, you know. Cause I grew up in it, you know. And they used that for the movie uh, Colors. Yeah. That was with Sean Penn in it, right? Yeah, well, they sh- they wanted to use my song Squeeze the Trigger for Colors. And I said, can I see the movie? Mm. You know, I, I just really just wanted to see the movie. I, yeah. I had a little leverage. So I seen it, and I was like, they had a song called Colors at the end with Rick James singing, look mm. at all these colors. I'm like, this shit's whack. So me and Islam went into the studio. I said, let me make a song. So at the time, here we go. Inspiration. Mm. I'm listening to King's son, mm. uh, mythological. And he goes, when I get ill, it's a reason. Because it's duck season, hunter of the fronter. And I'm like, myth, mythological, myth, mythological. So I went in there. I said, I am a nightmare walking, psychopath talking, king of my jungle. So I'm right on King, I'm on King Sun's cadence, right? And then colors, colors, because he got mythological, myth and mythological. I went colors, colors. So once again, you would never know if I didn't sure, tell you, sure. but that was the song I was vibing off of. And we just put the track together. So we turned the song in. They was like, whoa, this is the title song. And I did the video. The song was so good, people think I was actually in the movie. People are like, oh, I love Colors. You were great. I'm like, I'm not in the movie. That was the first time you had a, a, a song in, that was put in a movie? Like, yeah. Did you, that was a good money, I'm sure, at the time? Well, when you're in a movie soundtrack, you get paid uh, what's called Favorite Nations. Mm. So a soundtrack, everybody gets the exact same check. So Cold Chilling was on that heavy. Big Daddy Kane was in there. Everybody... And everyone got an even split. So if you can get on a soundtrack, even if you got a horrible song, you go for the ride. If the album that album went platinum, so everyone, sure, ate, everybody sure. ate. It was decent. It was decent. You know, um, I was just happy to be involved. Who that now? 
Oh, he's leaving? Okay. Yeah, you got, you know, I got senses. Though. Yeah, he was. You, you know what? Speaking of that, <laughs> is, there ever, is there ever a time that you ever, like, feared for your life? Oh, yeah. For years and years of my life, I was, I was nervous. You know, when I was in the streets, of course. I mean, I was carrying guns and, you know, I got around where I sat, I carried a gun so long, I got a bruise in my leg. Mm. Better that than dead. You know, like, I, I know the life where you come into places and put your back to the wall and, because what what happens is when you are when you active, people are telling you they're gonna kill you. Mm, mm. When you're active, they like when they, we see you, Pete is on. You have that threat. People are after you, so you have to actually be on point. Like if I would go into a club and they were searching, I couldn't go in the club. I just can't. I can't be unarmed. I can't give you. We call it giving you my back. I can't give you my back. I, and I never had security guards. I never trusted anybody with my life. I've never had a bodyguard in my life i i, I can't trust really you. no i can't trust you in my life i uh, i would prefer to eliminate the threat do you fly private uh no and uh-huh. in, in, in airports i'm sure everybody wants to no take problem. a picture how i'm watch how i'm eliminate the threat i don't wear jewelry mm. i don't wear jewelry i don't have beef mm. so i'm eliminating the threat there's nothing to steal you want to rob my house what you want the tv set mm. you want my money it's in the bank mm. there's mm. nothing to steal mm. What what? So you let you can take the cars; they're insured. You see what I'm saying? So I'm not. I'm eliminating the threat. I'm not fighting people. I'm not dissing people. I'm not. I don't have a reason for anybody to run up on me. And then I'm six foot two ten. I can get it in. I'm not afraid of anybody. I'm 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 as big as anybody. I'm gonna fight. You know. So I'm not. I don't have a fear. Uh, See, the problem when you have security, security will convince you you need security. And that's part of a hustle. And before you know it, now you are. Now, I'm not Beyonce and Jay-Z. Don't get it fucked up. (laughs) They need crowd control because it's pandemonium when they're around. But me, people walk. Hey, Ice, what's happening? Yo, my nigga, you know, it's love. I don't have any problem. I've never, I never run into a problem in the street that I couldn't handle. Mm. Never. One night, I'll tell you a good story. One night, me and Coco were coming out of a club. Uh, Where? At? Down in LES, the box. Okay. And uh, some big, goofy white dude was out there. Yo, yo, I used to be cool. Fuck you, you the police. So here we go with that bullshit. So I was like, all right, whatever. So we're trying to get into the car. And he just got louder and louder and louder. Mm. And I was like, yo, dude. So he got me kind of hot, just kept making a scene. Now we got more people. So I'm just like, dude, I, I walk with him and smack the shit out of you. He said, I wish you would so I could sue you. Mm. And I said, this is where we are. Yeah, yeah. This is where we are. So let me get my ass in the car. Mm. And I mm. left. This is where we are. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's like most of the altercation. It's a game. Yeah. So... It, if you want to walk around like, you know, and wear half a million dollars worth of jewelry, if that's what you want to do, you might need. I mean, it, it, we we do the red carpets and sometimes they'll put jewelry on Coco, a million dollars worth of jewelry that comes with a security guard. That guy watches you the whole time you sure. go down that red carpet. And guess what? Right before you go in the event, they take it off. Yeah. Give me that back. <laughs> They take it off. So if that's what you want to do, if you want to walk around like that, like I tell my son, when you wear jewelry, why don't you just take hundred dollar bills and stick it out of your pocket and then walk around the project in front of people that need twenty dollars? Sure, sure. 
The jungle creed says the strong must feed on any prey at hand. Know what that means, Pete? I'll rob you and apologize. Mm, mm, I'm sorry, Pete. Mm, I'm sorry. Mm. I'm just fucked up right now. You know, I love you, but you, sure, know, sure, and you gotta that. take yeah, these yeah, yeah, with yeah. you because you might come after me. Feel me? So you gotta know that. So I think I think just knowing I've, I try to eliminate the threat. Never had security. I always felt I might miss a good fight. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I, I've always trained and I, I'm like, well, even, what am I training for if I'm going to let you get all that action? You know, but now I know people want to sue you. So I want to see if some of this shit I've been working on works. Sure. I, <laughs> you, you, have, you ever bought anything uh, where you're like, damn, man, I, I just spent some crazy money. I mean, obviously you have a crazy car collection. Um, yeah, yeah, but I'm saying you ever bought anything? Like, I remember we, we did an episode with Scott Storch. I mean, and he spent, he blew oh, he's out of his mind. I mean, he, he told me this story one time that he bought four little perfume bottles uh, dr- uh, in dripped in diamonds, 800,000, you know? Scott Storch set the record for fucking off money. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think, I, I really honestly think that Outside of being a really wealthy person, like some of them Dubai cats. Yeah. But they're not really fucking off money because they got it. Sure. Scott got it and just fucked it off. And he wasn't a wealthy person before it. I watched a video on him buying. Nah, I I, I always try to stay within. What's the, what, what would you say is one of the, um, I want to say the stupidest purchase you bought, but something that you bought that, you know. You felt like okay, we in the big league now, you know? Because mind you, I, I I don't, I never, I never really felt like. I think really early, just in the game, just buying like, well, I had money in the street. I don't know. I never. I don't know if Mark. Uh uh. No, I just don't. What's the maybe my first house? Okay. Maybe my first house because cars were always obtainable. You know, they're not. You had a Porsche back in the day. I had Porsches back in the day. That's the thing. I had street money. So I don't know. I didn't. I never really bought a million dollars on no shit. Um, I think buying a house when I bought my first house in Hollywood, uh, moving from apartments my whole life to actually buy a house. I think my first house was like eight hundred fifty thousand. Okay. Okay. Nice. Nice. I mean, big moment. That was a big moment for me to actually have my own home. Um. But I'm not wasteful. Like yeah. every, I, I, I mean, certain things you spend will depreciate. But I'm more into tightness. I'm into more like I don't do big things. Like like even in my house, this house is tight. It's just what I need. I don't need massive space. I don't sure. need that. Sure. I, I just need. I like. I like to have all the things I want. I got my Xbox. I got my PlayStation. Mm-hmm. I got my TV. big gamer. Big I gamer. Got everything I need. I don't need. I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm just not a wasteful person. I think that's because just being a real live hustler and knowing that you can go broke. And the thing of it is, it's like you could be broke and I could help you. Mm. So you could be like, Ice, I, Ice, I need $5,000. I might be able to help you 10, 20. Mm-mm. If I get in trouble. I'll keep that in mind. If I get in trouble, I might need half a million. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so exactly. who's going to help me? You see what I'm saying? So I can't put myself in that position because I don't really have friends that can really help me if I get if I get sued or if I end up in some shit so I got to take care of my shit so I don't fuck it off I mean I don't buy bottles I don't go out and throw money in the air I've never made it rain in my life 
Mm, when mm, I mm. if if I was in the club and I see people throwing money, I'm those are the ones I'm gonna rob them. Like them <laughs> niggas is like <laughs> they got enough to throw, they could back up off of that oh, shit, shit outside. So my criminal mind is still there. So I'm like, why would I want to make myself a target in the club throwing money? I just don't. I just don't see it like that. Like Coco, I've been married for now 17 years. Mm, mm, congratulations. We're in the club. They want to buy a bottle. Bottles used to cost $300. Now they cost $700. Mm. Why? Because they can get it. Sure. So I'm with her. I'm like, you want a bottle of champagne or you want some Louboutins? Buy some shoes. She's like, let's go. Mm. She don't want to buy a waste of money. It, you know, it, it gets it gets wasteful. You know, I, I just... It's showing off. Like, what are you doing? I don't, I don't, I just, that just doesn't register with me. No, I get it. I get it. You know, it's funny growing up, like, where, you know, and you grew up the same way. I, I remember a time and we'll get. I'm trying to think, I'm, I'm trying to think what, what the haters are going to say. Well, they'll say, well, you don't throw it because you don't have enough to throw it. That's what they'll say. Mm. And maybe that's true. Mm. I don't have enough. I don't have money like, like, uh, like, um, uh, Floyd Mayweather or Jay-Z, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe if I hit a lick for a billion dollars, I might throw a hundred dollars. I mean, I don't know. But, but, would, but would the 20... 20- also, let me say yeah. this. Let me say this. When you got a lot of friends that ain't doing well, mm. right? Mm. They touching. I got friends that all my friends don't have, you know, aren't on the same level as me. Sure. And then they see videos of me throwing money. That's in this. That's disrespectful. Like they're like, "Yo, Ice, I'm fucked up right now. You out here? Th- it, 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 it it creates a weird dynamic." You know, with the with the twenty year old Ice T throw yeah. money though, if he I had it like have. that. Okay, so see, never. no, I respect that. I, re- I never got a lap dance. You know what? And now that they said that, you know, now that you said that, I'm sure what next time you're ever at a strip club, they're gonna try to give you a lap dance. I used to tell bitches they would come around me talk about, "Yo." Twenty dollars for a lap dance. I'm like, here's a hundred. Just stop making eye contact with me. Mm, like, mm. lay back. Because I was always when I was in strip club, I was always trying to pull bitches out the strip. Yeah. Now you can't lap dance and pull them unless you're going down the trick road. I was more or less like, you know, I would go into strip clubs and be like, I'm just fascinated watching you take money from these suckers. Mm, mm. That's I'm just fascinating. That, 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 it's that. fascinating how they just give y'all money. That's amazing. You're a beautiful woman, but. You got a good hustle going here. I would jump on the same side of the game as them mm. and be like, how much he pay you? Oh, he's a mark. And then now they like, ooh, that's how you pull a stripper. Mm. You got to jump on the same side of the game as them and come in on their channel, not on the trick channel. You'll always be a trick. Once you pay them, you're always going to be a trick. You know, I always ask this question. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You, you, you Listen, <laughs> as always, ice is spitting game. You know, it's funny when you, when when I was growing up, and I'm sure maybe you feel the same way, you know, we grew up. You know, I didn't I, I didn't have a lot. You know, my father was working three jobs, and and then you know, like to get a pair of Jordans or to get a pair of anything was like, you know, I had to go. I had a paper route at a young age. Real you know, talk. and I, I had a lemonade stand even at Geico before though. Geico. You know, yeah, I had a Kool Aid stand. We'll get to that too. But yo, check this out. I always say this. You, would you you ever get to a point where, and obviously you say I don't have like all this money, right? But you 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 ever get to a point where you don't check your bank account? Like literally, I still to this day, and I mean I'm I'm not even nowhere, and I'm getting, I check my shit every day. Like meaning I know I know if there's six hundred and thirty two dollars and sixteen cents, and I'm gonna know tomorrow if something came out, what the fuck happened? 
I wonder if people ever get to a point where they have enough money where they don't check. Like, do you know? Like, right now, do you know? No, I don't check. I don't okay. check. I'm not on that level. I don't check. But uh, you know, I'm, I usually check tax time. Okay. Because tax time is brutal. You know, I'm in a forty percent tax bracket, so they really drag you. So that hurts when you got to write that yeah, check. Yeah, yeah. But Uncle I pay, Sam. Uncle I Sam. Pay quarterly. Okay. So make it easier. Yeah, because I'm not trying to have tow trucks pull up here, and I'm. I mean, you got to pay these folks. You know, they 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 dead serious about. It. You ain't got to pay taxes if you don't own nothing. Mm. As soon as you own things, they got leverage, and they'll take it. So if you just in the streets and you just you know you ain't paying no taxes, they not tripping. But once they got you and they know you own things, they can they can basically seize you. Sure. So yeah, I mean, every time when that comes around, I have to like you know. Breathe in and take a, you know, you, I mean, you're actually writing them a check when you're self-employed, you own your own company. Sure, sure. That hurts. That hurts. I've been on a movie where I was jumping off a cliff and I'm like, now this motherfucker wants 40% of this and I don't see no one else jumping off this cliff. <laughs> what me, the fuck? You know, but that's government and, and, you know, but I don't know. I mean, I know. I I I I kind of like the way I hustle. I just try to keep money coming in. I get it. I get it. I just cheat every day. I'm on law and order, so I work every day. On the weekends, I work. Uh, today, I'm not working. If mm. I if I don't make money after a day or two, I start get physically sick. Mm. I really, <laughs> I'm like, I gotta have something coming in. You know, I got royalties. You know, when I got on Law and Order, it was funny though, because I had never gotten residuals. Because mm. you don't get money off. Like New Jack City, they send you a check for like $4 or some bullshit. You know? I remember you saying, well, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, so I was on Law and Order for a year, and I got, I looking at my numbers, and they say, I say, what's this number? And they go, that's residuals. Mm. I'm like, what's the residual? They say, well, every time the show shows, you get a little something. I'm like, everywhere on all the networks, everything? I'm like, yeah. So I, I went from I don't know how long I'll be on this show to I will be on that show till they throw my black ass off. Mm-hmm. Kicking the well, first of all, just so the internet's known, I'm sure some do. You was like signed up or and you'll, you'll tell me to do four episodes. Four episodes. Now, 20 fucking 20 years. years later. 20 years. You never left. Why? Because... Not not only you doing the show, you're making residuals. It's on USA. It's doing this. It's like putting money in the bank. This thing will pay for my daughter. When my daughter, you know, when, I, when I'm long gone, MASH is still on the air. These shows keep showing and it's going to be a check. So it's the closest thing you could do to getting a royalty from a record, you know. So I'm in it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm black. I don't jump off a boat while mm. I'm still floating. Mm, mm. And then all my friends that are doing other things, they're calling me up. Yo, I some stuck, this, that, and the third. So I got like almost like a solid job for 20 years, you know? It's amazing. It's, it's not like it's, it's something that you got to think about. That shit is amazing. Well, I'm looking at, that's how I feel. Like I'm looking at a lot of the young cats and they all popping off this and spending bottles. I'm just like, yo, you know, I've been balling since you niggas was crawling. Like y'all... I just knew, like, you know, you're 30 years old. I've been getting a check for 40, solid, yeah, yeah. like, every day. So you trying to count my paper, you really, you, it's, it's a waste of time. My thing is that, my thing is that the TV show came just at the right time career-wise for me because rap music was making a huge turn in a different direction that I'm not really comfortable with. So 
my style of rap kind of went out new style of rap came in and i jumped on another vehicle yeah you know it's crazy man you know what let's take a quick break sitting here uh yo there's so much like it's funny you think about the movies and the rap game and and more importantly too ice just just your knowledge like meaning like you know motherfuckers spitting wisdom all the time and if some people get it some people don't you know what it is pete my thing is like i'm trying to tell you the best stuff i learned so that you can have a great life yeah i'm i'm telling you from somebody who has made mistakes but you know, you only take advice from people you admire. Sure. So there's nothing about me that you admired and stop listening to the podcast. It's like, I'm not, I'm not somebody that you should learn from. There's someone else maybe that you might admire more. Maybe they got more money. Maybe they've done greater things, but I think coming from zero orphan, you know, coming out of LA to being on doing what I'm doing. I, I think I've been relatively successful. I would say more than that. <laughs> and we got a plane flying by in the crib. Internet, so listen, let's take a quick break. Sitting here with the one and only, the legendary, the iconic, my friend, Ice-T. Cheer. Hey, yo, check this out. This is Freddie Fox, a.k.a. Bumpy Knuckles, the underground OG, straight up. And you're down, locked in, underground, hardcore. Listen, internet, internet, however you want to say it. This is the Premium Pete Show. Straight up, premium Pete for the street, raw, bumpy knuckles, salute. Internet's and we're back, sitting here with my guy, Ice-T, Iceberg in the motherfucking building. Premium Pete let me tell up you, in this bitch, let me tell for you real, something. for real. Oh, we at Ice's house, for, for those we're who chilling. made Yeah, so so listen, New Jack City, one of my favorite movies, yes, sir. okay? And I remember you saying, like, it's funny because I remember, you know, you saying that, I think, what, like, you go for that gig, you got like twenty five grand or yeah, something like that. Twenty three thousand. Twenty three thousand. How the fuck did New Jack City happen? Like, how did that? How did that come about? Um, Doug McHenry and George Jackson, George Jackson, rest in peace, was making a movie, and uh, they were trying to do the Urban Scarface, and uh, Mario Van Peoples was directing it. I was in a club in L.A. Just doing me talking shit. And I was in a bathroom and somebody was talking to me and I was on the toilet and they was like, yo, I used this, that, and the other, you know, they, they, they at you, my man, they at you. I'm like, look, man, listen, I said, if they could take a microscope and find one molecule in my DNA that gave a fuck, they could fucking angle me. But I don't give a fuck. Cause I'm winning. I'm winning. Cause I'm just here. Motherfucker. Right. So then, uh, uh, Mario heard that and said, whoever said that, he said it to himself, got to be the star. I'm a movie. I need that voice. So now I'm in the fuck, I'm in the club. And at that time, I'm talking to like three females, you know, just chopping it up, trying to figure out who was feeling me. You know, I'm working the odds. <laughs> so my uh, my man walks up on me. He like, yo, Ice, I want you to be in a hot in a movie. So I thought that was Hollywood bullshit. Mm. You know, you want to talk to the girls. So I was like, yo, this is such and such and such and such. He was like, no, I'm serious. So he told me to come to Warner Brothers Pictures the next day and uh, have a meeting. So I took his number, made the call, showed up, and they had a real movie going there, mm. New Jack City. And uh, they showed me the script. He said, this part is yours if you want it. I'm like, like that? I don't have to read for it or nothing? So I read the script. I'm like, wow, this is all the lines. Like, this is the star. I thought it was like a cameo, you know? And 
Then I read the dude had dreads at that time. I said, I got a perm. Like, really? Like, what's going on? And I'm a police. Mm. It was everything. I was it was hard. Didn't you call back home or somebody or to the homies and be like, yo? I talked to people. I said, let me think about it. I didn't say yes. Let me think about it. So I talked to my boys. Let me play the police. They're like, word? Can I be in the movie? Like, like <laughs> that's your answer. <laughs> and then my friends would call from jail. And uh at that time, I was getting a phone call a day from the joint. And uh, I was like, look, man, I know y'all stuck, but they want me to be in a movie about this. They want me to play the police. And they were like, word, if I was out, could I be in the movie? <laughs> no one was saying no. And then, like I say, when I used to get my hair done, the, the sisters, I tell them about it. They're like, you better be in that movie, Ice, because, you know, you got you get a chance. Y'all around here talking about y'all ain't got no opportunities. And now an opportunity is knocking on your door. If you don't take it, you a real life sucker. You got to take it. Plus, we know you're going to keep it. You know, they didn't say 100 back then. You're going to keep it real. And you're going to, you know, stay down. And you never sure, going to let sure. us go. But you got to go do that, Ice. Go do that. Don't be stupid, you know. And um, I did the movie in the. Movie was a big hit. I was nervous. Uh, Why? Why were you nervous? No rapper had ever done it before. Mm. The only other rapper that had done a movie was Tougher Than Leather, Run DMC. But they were playing themselves. So I, no one had ever stepped out of the rap image and created another character. This is pre-Will Smith, pre-Latifah. Mm. No one mm. had done it. Mm. And um, I was terrified. I was putting out an album that year called Original Gangster. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be a cop. I'm like, this is suicide. But I I also knew that like like the like the girls told me, you're begging for opportunities, you're crying, you're bitching. And now here's one and you're gonna turn it down mm-hmm. on some bullshit. And uh I was like, you know what, I gotta take this shot. So I did it. I never forget I went to the movies and I sat in the back. And By heard, yourself? Yeah. And I heard somebody. I was the brothers was in there, and the first scene came on. They go, "Look at Ice in that big ass hat." And nigga, look at the fucks that nigga's hat. I had the big uh, dreadlock. Yeah, yeah. About fifteen minutes into the movie, they was like, "Scotty," it was calling me Scotty. I was like, "Word," like I'm pulling this shit off. And uh, that was it. That was my introduction to film. Right after that, I get a call to do another film. They asked me what I do, Survive in the Game, then Trespass, and Johnny Mnemonic. They just started to come. Mm-hmm. And uh, and would you get yourself like an agent? Did you know what you were doing? Nah, like- they would get calling directly to my manager. I'd never had an agent. They'd call directly to my manager. But the reason why I say that for us is because how do you know like what to charge and shit? Or they were just telling you what they Maybe were paying? Okay. The offer was a little more. So my first movie... I could only get scale because I was a new actor. I had no leverage. Yeah. What am I going to do? Say no? They would have had Cube in there with a the dread wig. Go chuck. <laughs> you know, that was, it was like, yo, I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying to be in the movie. So the next movie I walked into Joel Silver's office, it was called Ricochet with Denzel. I thought I was going to get paid. So mm. I was like, well, I'm going to get paid. This last movie made 90 million bucks. You know, he told me, Ice-T, you've done one movie. Mm. Like, wow. So I got like 50 grand for less work on that one. And then I didn't really get a check till I did Tank Girl. I got Tank Girl. That was a ticket. Wait, wait that was the kangaroo? Tank. Yeah. No, hold up, actually, because that's a fucking funny story. I remember you saying that they called you and they were like, yo, you want to be a stripper? Yeah, I was doing a movie with 
de- I was doing a movie with uh, Keanu Reeves called Johnny Mnemonic, which was a sci-fi flick. And by now, I'm up in the numbers. Now I'm getting like seven fifty, mm-hmm. right? So they call me to to be in a tank girl. They call me. They say we. Well, they didn't tell me the name. They said, "Would you play a stripper in Arizona?" I'm like, hell yeah. I remember you said you were doing push-ups. I did like night. a thousand crunches. I'm like, yo, you know, LL ain't the only one with the body. You saw me on the OG album cover. Yeah, I was yeah. in shape. Okay, I was talking. like, let's go. Let's go. Let's I'm pump it up, right? So I'm ready. So uh, next day they send me like a picture of a kangaroo. I'm like, word? What kind of kangaroo stripper is this? What, I open my pouch and my shit's up? What's happening? So then they like, no, the movie's... You're a ripper, a kangaroo, and it's called Tank Girl. Mm. It sounds so generic. I was like, am I not with Keanu Reeves right now? Didn't he just, you know, he's a big star. Like, what's happening? So then they said, no, this this makeup is going to be done by Stan Winston mm. now. Mm. Stan Winston did Terminator and, mm. and Legendary. And yeah. I was like, okay. Because I used to read Fangoria magazine, horror magazine. So I knew who he was. And then, uh, they told me how much money I was going to get. I was like, where? I'm hopping around. I started hopping around the damn hotel room because I was, I was filming. But it was like, you know, it's a cool movie. Uh, you know, it was just, it was, I was just taking roles at the time. You know, I just, I was not in a position to make decisions about what role I'm in. I'm new. You know, it's like, People tell you, oh, you worried about getting typecast. I'm like, I'm worried about getting casted. Mm, like, absolutely. Later, I worry about getting. And typecast, I don't care. I've been playing heavy my whole sure, life. Sure, sure. I've been playing heavy. It didn't hurt Bronson. It didn't hurt Clint Eastwood. You know, if that's what you play heavy, you play the heavy. So, I mean, you know, one thing just led to the next. And everything I do, I just try to do the best of my ability. I. I'm doing your podcast. I try to do the best of my. Sure, sure. I'm not going to, if I'm not going to do it, I hate people that agree to do shit and then they lack and they mm-hmm. bullshit. Come like, sleeping. Like, why you even said, yeah, if you're going to come with some bullshit. Like, if I'm asking you to help me move my crib, I expect you to come over here and grab yeah, some yeah. furniture. Fuck you like, sitting down for. Yeah, why you come over here to lay up? Because yeah. it's really good. Like, you know, like, if I call you, if, if we got to go handle some business, are you supposed to come with the pistol? Like, that's what we doing right now. Yes, don't sir. come. Or just tell me I'm not coming. I just mm, don't. Mm. So I'm like, I, I just try my best. And I just look at every opportunity leads to the next opportunity. Your work ethic, how people respect you. Uh, the movie might not have been good, but people say, man, he was great to work with. He tried it. He, he busted his ass. And that leads to the next job. How many movies have you done so far today, as of today? Do you remember? Shit, if you go on IMDb, it probably have 50. God damn. Probably about 50. I only claim about six or eight. <laughs> you know, no one no one could put you in, in a box. You are a man of many. Honestly, it's inspiring to me and many people. And I, that's what I was saying before we went on break. I think people, more people, who, like even young kids, should should inspire and admire you because to be honest with you, you're somebody that broke down a lot of doors, opened a lot of doors and still spits game. To me, you're like an uncle, a bigger brother. You know what I mean? Like one time I remember you saying that you came to a point in your life where you said that everything you should do should be important. Yes. You know, it's kind of like almost like what you were just saying now. I feel like you're on a podcast or you show up to move or something or, or if there's any type of, you know, it should be important. You got to, you know, it's like, 
I think that when you when you're growing up, you make a lot of mistakes. You're trying to figure things out. They say if you live long enough, life will teach you how to live it. I think what you end up doing is you you eliminate all the bullshit, like cut all the stuff off you really don't want to do. Just just be straight up about it. You know, be keeping it real is as much about saying no as it is about saying yes. Mm. You know, um, nah, I'm done with that. Just like we stopped doing the podcast. I'm like, what's final right? level? Yeah, final level podcast. I did it. I'm like, you know, right right now. I don't have enough time. I need other time for other things. I'm trying to do a body count. I'm trying to do this and trying to do that. I have to focus on certain things. I think this importance, you know what it is, Pete? It's like, I think it's your energy. Mm. And and being on a negative side of life where you're always trying to outdo somebody, do something dark or something you're competing in an evil way. It puts a weird cloud in your in your life. Once you finally get at peace and you're just like, you know what? I'm not tripping with nobody. I'm not competing with nobody. I'm doing my thing. I don't really care. I'm not even concerned with what other people are doing. And what I do is going to be things I really want to do. That's when you finally made it. That's that's the place you want to be. That's the final level. Mm, the final mm. level is inner peace. Mm. It's, you know, but 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 you you have to learn to shut off the outside. The outside will always try to make you feel bad about yourself. That's that's what they do. You know, like like I always say, life is like a gym. If you look over here, there will always be someone in better shape than you. Mm. But if you look over here, there's someone that will die to be in your shape. So don't trip. You, you're never going to. People want to walk up on me. Like I said on Twitter, somebody walk me. Yo, I yeah, you you okay, but you ain't Dre. I'm like, yeah, well, you ain't ice, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> why ain't you worrying about me being Dre? You're neither of us. I'm not worried about being Dre. I'm just worried about being the best me. Mm-hmm. And getting that peace of mind, not having people after you. Once you come from that, like I'm saying, sleeping with a pistol, all sure, that sure, bullshit. Sure. To be not in that no more, to not really have that kind of beef, to not be in that world, uh, it's a blessing. Mm, if, mm. If some people that's never, success, man. Some people may never appreciate it if they never been in mm, that dark mm, place. Mm. You know, you never slept in a trap house. If you never been there, then maybe you have no reference point to how fucked up it could be. Mm. You know, if you've never been put on a situation where you got to. Where the, where the code of the streets say you got to kill a motherfucker. Mm. If you never had that dilemma, then you may not understand what it's like to just be mellow and look at some fish, man. Mm. And just chill. Because when you've been in that dark zone, if you ever sat in a room with motherfuckers and they like, yo, we got to go do this. That's a fucked up place. That's a fucked up place. And to 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 to, to work my way out of that world. I'm telling you, Pete, I'm going to be real honest with you. I feel that if I were to cross somebody, lie to somebody, steal or do anything wrong, I think I would die. Mm. I think I would suffer instant karma because I've been so blessed Mm. to get away with so much bullshit I did in my life and to be able to sit here with you and have a beautiful child and everything and life be so great. If I were to cross back, I think it would happen. Mm. That's how serious I am about it. And I'm not a religious person. I just believe that you get a pass. You got a pass. We all got a pass. So go fuck around 
and see what happens. Mm. You know, <laughs> you know, more gems, more gems. Yo, uh, did, did you always like your voice? I don't think anybody really likes their voice. Uh, I think one time somebody said, I did a, I did a, when I did, you played yourself. Somebody said, that's your voice. This mm. is it. Dope from the fly, kid. The ice mic is back. That, because I used to yell like LL. I would yell and do different shit. But I changed my voice in my records because I don't, I don't like listening to somebody's album. They sound the same on every record. So it depends on what the thing is. But nah. But my voice is is really way, way lower than what I'm using right now. If I <clears throat> if I really relax my voice, my voice is way, 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 way down mm-hmm. here. Hit, hit him with a higher. It's like very, very um, I have like a uh what is it, Barry White? Barry White, yeah, yeah, yeah. 98.7. Yeah, yeah I can do that. I, I can ice teas on the quiet storm. And my name is Ice T on yeah, my head. And it, 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 so what I have to do is I have to push a lot of air. And and that low frequency came from yelling. Like when you do metal and all that, you rip out all your highs. I sure, sure. thing like the Delphonics sure, now. Sure. It's just low shit. But now I'm cool with my voice now. I, uh. I don't think anyone likes their voice when they hear it. Recorded. Sure, sure. Well, your voice has been legendary. I mean, one of the hardest things I remember you telling me that you ever done, and it's weird that like this is one of them, is an audio book, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Some bullshit. You know, you said it was the hardest, one of the, well, one of the hardest things you ever done. Well, I don't know if we got any Dungeons and Dragons fans that listen to Premium Pete, but when you read those books, you read them in your head. You don't really say the words. Now, I got a thing from uh, this this audio book uh, gig. Um, I forget the name of it. What's the name of the people that do the audio books? Um, Audible. There we go. Thank you. Thank you, Benson. So Audible plug. They say we like Ice to read this um, book. So I get a call from my man. He said, Ice, got a gig for you. Blah. This is the bag. It's four hours of work. Now, that's how my manager talks. This is how much it is. Blow. You I like it? that. Yeah, break it down. Simple as that. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's easy money. Let's go get it. So I go over there. I'm like, I don't know what kind of book it is. And they got this shit. And this dude's name is Dersh Der Odin. And there's Pegasuses <laughs> and Pegasi. And there's talking swords. And it's mother. Wow. So I have all these words I have to learn how to say because they're not real words. They're made up in the imaginary world of this set. And every time I would get to a word, I had to listen to the phonetic and I forget. And it, it took four days. Mm. No, 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 no. Three days. Because one day at a fourth day, I ended up finishing it. I thought it was going to take four days, but it took three to do this damn book four hours of work. It was hard. And it was funny. Every The people at Audible, they said, every time you got up to go to the bathroom, we thought you were gone. <laughs> we thought you were gone. But I finished the book and it's legendary. People got iced tea reading some crazy Dungeons and Dragons type stuff. You probably can Google it. It's on Audible. Uh, but like I said, I took the job and I had to finish the mission because I agreed to it. You know, I'm from the old school where a handshake means everything. And don't shake my hand if you ain't going to do it. So don't punk out of the deal. That's how you end up fucked up. So I agreed. 
I had to do it. What about something like uh, even uh, as a recent the Geico commercial, which is legendary? That's wonderful. How the fuck did that happen? Uh, and it's so classic because it's like they're like lemonade, you know, like iced tea, you know, you're like lemonade, you know, like. Well, for years and years, for years and years, I've been too toxic to actually do ads. <clears throat> uh, from Cop Killer, from my rap music, which is real hard and violent and aggressive. No, no, no. No real mainstream people would mess with me because they figured it was going to be some kind of blowback. You know, look at Kaepernick. Yeah. Kaepernick took a knee. I said, kill the cops. Yeah. You know, yeah like, yeah, come yeah. on, man. Yeah, Nike yeah. going to endorse me. I couldn't even really endorse the president. When I wanted Barack Obama to win, I couldn't even come out and say I support him because I figured somebody would take me and try to smear him. Like, look who supports him. Ice tea, like the worst. So. I would never get the call. Then I just started to get calls because what happened is all the CEOs of these companies now are Ice T fans. Mm. Like they're our age. They grew up with us. So the fear sure. is gone. So when someone says, is Geico, get Ice T, they're like, yeah, I went to college with Ice. That whole tabooness is sure, gone. Sure. So they call me and they say, we got a gag. This is the gag. You know, you sitting there, you the parent watching the kids everyone's walking up asking for lemonade that walking up there noticing you the kids don't really know who you are and you just keep saying it i said yeah that's funny and you know thing of it is i'm at a point now where you just got to have fun with yourself Mm. you know uh probably early in my career you know i wanted to be taken seriously so you know it's iced tea would have been too funny you know, to do it early. But now I'm at a point where I'm like, you know what? Let's just have fun with this shit. And it turned out to be Geico's highest rated commercial. Everyone really? Loves it. Yes. So is there more stuff on deck then? Well, what happened is I just did RX bars. Uh, they got at me. I did something for uh, Michael's, the uh, craft oh, the, the, store. Yeah, craft store. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So all these now, these mainstream companies... You know, once the, the Geico commercial went and there was no blowback, green light. Yeah, sure, sure. It's just like New Jack City. Green just light. Just like, you know, it's small money in the beginning, but it's almost like you, you know, it's so funny because, and, and this is for anybody who's a hustler. You know, Ice, honestly, man, your contributions, even the way, the things you spoke about are forever, not only helpful for me, but people worldwide. Mm-hmm. I was a hustler. I remember, you know, selling drugs. You sold drugs, right? You know, you think about it. You said something one time that you make t- like you didn't really make a lot of money. I wasn't in rap a good career. drug dealer. I told you my drug dealing story. No, it's horrible. No, I know that. But but before we get in, I, I, I want to make this point. Yeah. You you used to say, oh, I made more money hustling, you know, in, in one night than I made in my whole rap career at a young age. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I get it. And you know why it's funny? Because I try to tell this for people who come home. You know, you got to have patience, right? Like you said something one time. Hold on. You said, um, hold on. I got I, I to get to this because you said that um, you said you, when you the money was little money when you did a movie. Right. You know, uh, but it was small money. You said legit money will not seem like money to you when you start making it. But you're going to save your life. Right. And then you also said the money is not going to change you. The reality of where you are going is going to change you. And that's talk about going from. You know, uh, hustling to legit money. When you're hustling, you're into immediate gratification. You have to learn about delayed gratification. 
Uh, I don't care if you're in finance, whatever it is, if you're really in the legit money, you get delayed gratifications. You you say this investment will pay off in a year, two years. You it's it's something you invest and it happens. With crime, it happens that night. Sure. You know, it's it's immediate gratification. And you spend it like that. You spend it because you just imagine you're gonna hit the next lick or you're gonna get the next hustle. Um yeah, it's an adjustment period. It's adjustment period. The only difference is is with legit with when you're legit, if you make a mistake, you lose money. If you're illegal and you make a mistake, you possibly could catch a bullet or lose time. Sure. Time is way more valuable sure. than money. So if we're in a business right now and we lost half a million dollars, we all sit back, we grit our teeth, we say, oh, damn, I'm not going to be able to put that pool in or whatever we thought we was going to do with that money, but none of us is going to jail. If we're in the streets and we lose a half a million dollars, that's because somebody stole it from us. Now we got to go get to go to the guns heavy or be a punk. It, it just just the dynamics of any loss is so different. Um, my drug dealing story, I tell people I never was much of a drug dealer. Like one time I bought a key of dope. I bought a key of cocaine, not not heroin, but I bought a key and I'm like, I'm going to be a drug dealer. And I I split it up and I gave it to all my friends to sell. Everyone came back short. Mm. Everybody. <laughs> Every single one of them. God damn you, Ice. With a story. Oh, my sister did this. So I lost this. Now, what's the rules of the streets say? Mm-mm. How do I enforce Fuck my you, friend? pay me. Can't do that. <laughs> I was like, I'm not cut for this. So I, what I did is I finished it off and basically broke close to even and said, nah, I can't. I, I, I'm not cut. I'm not a violent. I, I can't do that. You know, I can't. I'm not that guy. I'm yeah. Gonna put M- pressure on more. Me. More of the. I found it easy just to go steal it. Steal shit. Yeah. <laughs> more, more, more of stealing shit was right up your alley. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just, nah. Yo, stealing is too complicated. You know, another thing I want to say is, let me just make sure it's over there. Another thing, another thing I want to say, Ice, is that, you know, real talk, and this is like some family shit because I believe in family a lot, and I think you know my style. Yes, sir. You know, you lost your mom when you, when you were in the third grade. Uh-huh. You know, we spoke about it. You know, you, you, you know, I know that you were there, right? When your yeah. mom took was, a heart attack or something like that. Yeah, I was sitting in her lap, and uh, she leaned her head back and she started breathing. And my father, we lived in a duplex house. He moved me next door, and then you just saw the ambulances come and all that old shit. And then, like about three hours later, they came and they told me, and I can remember vividly. Like, I didn't really cry. I was like, I was like, what's going to happen to me? I was more suspended in what is now going to happen to me. It wasn't that I didn't love my mother. I was just in shock. Um, You know, you're not saying then years later, you know, in the seventh grade, right? Your father died. How how did your father pass away? Same thing. Did did you have a relationship with him? Yeah, me and my dad was living together, you know, when my mom's passed. And, you know, that was my dude. And, uh. Uh, you know, he got sick, you know, he died from a heart attack, you know, that's why when I go to the doctor, they check my heart and sure, sure. I got a healthy heart. Sure. I got God a bless. healthy heart. But, uh, my father, my father was a straight up worker. You know, he was on the side, like he dressed like a player and a hustler, mm. you know? Uh, and once my mother passed, you know, of course he was running around to had different women and stuff like that. But he was like one of them worker dudes that, would come home and dress like a pimp. Mm, like he, mm, mm. he was a slick yeah, yeah, yeah. dresser, 
But he, after I was he picked, had a job. Yeah, yeah. You know, he had a job. And I, I never forget one time my father disciplined me when my father never spanked me. Uh, but one time he hit me in my chest. And so we were in the, uh, eating breakfast and I had a lady named Miss Sononi. She was like a housekeeper to help hold the family together. So she was in the room and my father was sitting at the table and he said, well, when you come home from school, get your homework done before you go out. Right. I must have tried to pop some shit off. I tried to mumble some shit. So I stood up and I stepped, <laughs> I stepped around the table. Dog stood up and hit me. Boom. He hit me in the solar plexus. And, mm. and if you ever been hitting your solar plexus, it feels like electrical shock sure. to your body. So he knocks me on my ass and he stood over me and he pointed at me and said, you talk shit to me when you can whoop me. Mm. And I was like, yo, this nigga got superpowers. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Did, what kind of zap gun punch did he hit me with? Like, my my body was shaking. I was like, Ugh! I never fuck with that man ever. I never fuck with him. At that point, he he had full and total control. Like, I used to come home and try to creep past him. Like, he be reading the reading the paper. I'm tiptoeing past. I was like scared of my father at that point. Never had to really whoop me, belt whoop me. This one good flip punch in the chest got me straight. And uh, I was in high school. I was in well, junior high, seventh grade. And um, uh, I get called. I get called in the principal's office and they had all them faces. Mm-hmm. And I knew something bad had happened. They say, your father just passed. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And uh, from heart attack, da 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 da, and I, I same reaction. My same reaction was like, "So what's gonna happen to me? Like, what goes on?" And uh, that summer, they said, "You're gonna go visit your aunt in California. Get away from all this." And so they sent me, and then they just sent all my clothes, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh wow!" So I got. Transplanted. I remember she was like, "Yo, like, she, you know, we 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 didn't ask for you to be here." I know, I know, I know. She was a little bit fucked up. You know, she was your aunt. Like that was kind of fucked up. How she was like, "Yo, we're just we're just doing it because we, we you know, got it. we got you, we got it." And 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 you know, was no love there. That's why I say, I say, I, I sent me out west to live with my aunt. I guess they thought that was the best, but there was no love there. And grown with no moms, I guess I was prepared to live in a vacuum, the bedroom, the kitchen, the hall, the bathroom, mm. you know. So that was my little zone. And uh, But I didn't leave home much. I didn't like L.A. I didn't have no friends to trust. Got bused to a school, blacks and whites. I guess this shit was cool. By high school, I changed. I didn't want to bust. I didn't want to play the game. I walked to Crenshaw High. Mm. Shit was fly. I hooked up with a new crew. Some niggas that seemed like they knew what the fuck to do. You may call it a gang, but we called it a set. But it was our own thing. The whole school was down. In one way or another, everybody fucked around. Whether hardcore or not, you wore the right color or your ass got shot. Mm. So, I mean, my music is very... The music literal. was your therapy. It's hey. very literal. It's, 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 it's my life story put... And a lot of people, like... When they listen to my music, they don't get it. One thing I used to do with my music is I intentionally made music you couldn't dance off. Mm. Why is that? Why is that? Because you want because the words were more important. My music is like Iceberg Slim Book. It's something to listen to. It's something to drink a little wine and just listen to me chop game and tell stories and parables and different things about life. It's not to be danced to. 
at the time, I thought dancing was corny. True. Like, I ain't with all that old dancing shit. Like, this is player shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, give me some jazz. Give me something mellow so you could hear the work. Something to bop your head to. Something to vibe to. You, you know, while, yeah. while the player speaks. You know, you, you look, OG, gangster, actor, entrepreneur, friend, father, husband, right. all this shit. All I heard over the years from you, and I'm so proud and to be able to sit down with you and ask you a couple of these things because I know it's what means most as we get older. Mm-hmm. You, you never cried from that, from mom, from that. Did you ever take a moment? To, and even and, and let me tell you to let. I don't cry. Not even looking back on it, like nah, nah. I cried. I can almost tell you when I cried. I can almost remember when I cried. I cried when I lost my drummer. Beatmaster V. Mm, rest in peace. He was 35. He had leukemia. And it was just unexpected. He got leukemia and in one year he was gone. You know, like a combat jack yeah. situation. Somebody who was healthy, alive, just yeah, sure. unexpected. I've had friends lose it in the streets. I've had people getting rocked out there. And you like, well, that's they was on the playing field. This is what happens, you know. This this happens. But that was unexpected. That was not predicted. He was like a bodybuilder. Like, yo, that threw me off. Sure. Uh, I really recently cried when I lost my dog. Really, rest when, in peace. When Spartacus, big passed, Spartacus, man, it killed me. Like I was like, I was devastated for like a week, more mm, than I mm. had been around people. Like. I just miss my dog because your dog has such a bond with you. Like, you, they get on your chest and they lick you and they sleep with you. It's like, <laughs> you can't get that close to none of your friends. So I lost them. I don't know. I was just too young when my parents passed. Like, when your parents pass and you're in third grade, you're just, you're not even dealing with reality yet. You, you They might die. You might think they're going to come back. You don't, you don't know enough about death, you know? And... I think when my mother died, it just prepared me for my father. And I knew, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, but what about even therapy? You ever go to therapy? No. Nah. You, you, you never felt like... Because the reason why I say that for you, you're so much for everybody else. You have like, who who just, do you go to for, like, advice? I don't or? know. I don't know. I, I, just, I, just, I just hold it together. I just, like, you know, I just always been, like, I'm very philosophical. I'm very like mathematic. I always understand this equals this equals this. Sure, sure. This yeah. is the cause of this. And um I mean, I'm just at the church of the game, man. I just learned the game. The game is all all this stuff that I talk, players been talking this shit for years. They say it in different ways. Like one of the most heavy games I've learned the hard way is what they say in Scarface, never underestimate the next man's greed. Mm. that is a jewel that'll keep you alive because mm. what that means is just because you wouldn't do something, don't think the next motherfucker won't do it. Sure. You would never come in my house and steal out of my house. It doesn't mean everybody won't. Mm. Mm. I would never fuck your wife. Mm. It doesn't mean everybody won't. Mm. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So when you apply your moral compass to life, you could get fucked. Because there's people out there that will go way, way lower than your particular moral compass. And you just don't, you won't, you'll be blindsided. You'll be like, wow, really? 
So I had to learn that the hard way. That's why, like I said, I'm not into making new friends. I don't really, I don't, you know, trusting people is how this shit is all fucked up. And people are, and the cool thing about people is people have, they have free will. Free will. How many times have you done something and you didn't even know why the fuck you did it and you mm. regretted it? Mm. So even your best friend could go left out of no motherfucking where and then be sorry. Mm. So it's like humans are very, very dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, at no. any moment, they can flip on you, you know? So, you know, that's why I like my dog so fucking much. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't blame you. I mean, more, more, more stuff of what you spoke about that really, that that really sits with me. It's like I remember you were saying some guy was selling you cars. Said you have that you have everything you need. You have pants. Yeah. You have shoes. Your rent paid. Yeah. Right? He said now it's life about is what about what you want, right? You said, and I remember you saying this extinctively. I think I remember being like on a mass appeal thing or whatever yeah. with Bill Adler. Shout to Bill Adler. But you said. No one needs a Ferrari. No one even needs Gucci sneakers. Don't need it. So what do you want? Like that and I think that's something to tell people. Like people should listen. Like, you know. I, I want I want uh I just want to be happy. Mm. You know, I, I, I um But happiness is difficult because your friends won't be happy. And if you care about them, if they're not happy, that's gonna infect your happiness. You really would love to see everybody that you love doing well and never have a problem, but that's impossible. That's not going to happen. Mm. So happiness is something that you never really are going to achieve because you, you know, it's like the perfect moment. It's never going to happen. You got to find the during, balance. And during that perfect moment, you're going to be on so so much on edge, waiting on something to go wrong because it always does. So my thing is like Brad Pitt said. He says, whenever I'm having a good time, I really try to enjoy it because bad times are coming mm. and there's no way around it. Your friends are going to pass. People are going to get sick. Mortality is real. If you live to be 100, guess what you get? You get to see all your friends die. Mm. That's what you get. So when you are in that moment and having a good time, fucking have a good time. Just, just suck that up because- in life, love isn't guaranteed. Happiness isn't guaranteed. Only death. Pain is guaranteed. It's guaranteed. If you think pain's not guaranteed, just stop moving. Mm. Just go home and stop moving. Guess what's going to happen? Your lights are going to get cut off. You're going to get unhealthy. Everything is going to come at you. Mm. When you stop moving, life will it never stops. swallow you the fuck up. It never stops, Ice. You know, even... <laughs> Even like your hustle, like I know you said before, you said, yo, if you're not working for two days, like, you know, you start going crazy. You know, even now, even like, you know, you ever heard this dude, Gary Vaynerchuk, he's like an entrepreneur. Anyway, this dude, I remember him saying something about like, he sees people in the Hamptons, like fucking like tanning on a, like jumping on like a swan that makes him want to go get four more fucking gigs. Like he's like, because the more you want to, and not saying people shouldn't relax, Mm -hmm. but I think some people, some people's motives aren't to find peacefulness. It's to show people what I'm doing. Money, money, money is. Just, is it the root of all evil? I don't know what money. I mean, money. I look at it like this: like, all right, let's take the Earth and turn it into a theme park. This is the world. Okay, the world. Okay, it acquires tokens 
to get into the theme park. So we're all in the theme park. You've got the mansion ride. You've got the big titty girl ride over here. you got the Ferrari rides, but they require tokens. Uh, you want to eat good, that requires tokens. Now, people are walking around the theme park with no tokens. Nobody's going to give them no motherfucking mm. tokens. So you want to go on these rides. You want to go to Palm Beach. You want to have fun. You require tokens. This is money. I wouldn't talk about money if everything didn't have a cost. Everything in life has a price. Mm, mm. I can't just say I want some milk for my kid and it's just going to happen. I got to pay the bills. It, it, it requires money. So people are like, oh, well, you talk about money too much. No, it's just necessary. Mm. It's necessary. Money's not going to make you happy. But lack of money will make you miserable. It'll definitely bring pain. Uh, you have to. What I think what what money absolutely does really it, it creates options, and I've, it's been said many times before. But it creates options. I remember one time I was so broke that I went to a a burrito store. I mean a, a Mexican food, and I couldn't afford a burrito with meat in it. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Can I just get it with beans? Can I afford?" the bean one. And the guy was like, yeah, I'll make you a bean burrito. I didn't have the option <laughs> to get the meat. So let's say right now, if you don't have any money, absolutely none, you can only get as far as you can walk, right? Get a little more money. You can get a skateboard. You can get a little further, a little more. You get a bike, a little more. You get a car, a little more. You can get on a plane. Uh, if you got more money in the plane tickets are sold, you can get a private jet. Mm. You keep, it, it, it continues the options that don't stop. Nothing can stop you. Mm. Like, you know, well, damn, I, 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 but when you have less money, you have to, you're stuck into a smaller zone. Uh, if just, if you're trying to fly someplace, you got to get the ticket ahead of time. You got to do a lot of things to get it. So your, your options are, are limited. Health wise, clothes wise, it just opens the doors to being able to say, I can do what I want to do. It frees you. Mm. Now, does it change you? I think fame and wealth only amplifies who you are. I don't think it changes you. If you're cool, it allows you to be a really cool person. Mm. If you're an asshole, it allows you to be a Mm. very big asshole. Mm. That's what money and fame, and it allows you to amplify your personality. Mm. I think people change more than you do. Mm. Like I tell people, I'm as nice as you'll let me be. Mm. Mm. As li- as you'll let me be, but and don't stand for the bullshit. I know. I, I, well, who I know, wants yeah. the bullshit? I mean, we see it, Pete. You see the bullshit coming. Like, come on, cuz. Like, take easy with it. Once you start, once you start with the bullshit, I'm like, you think I'm a sucker, and I take offense to that. True. I'm like, really? I'm supposed to believe that? Like, dog. Like, come on, man. Stop it. Is there ever a role that you wouldn't do? What do you mean, role? Like a movie role. I ain't taking no dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking no dick. I was watching American Horror Story. They was straight up in this motherfucker. But look, Ben Range took a dick. He didn't suck a dick, God, no, but he took a dick in 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 Pulp Fiction, you know. But yeah. then he got to say that I'm gonna get medieval on yeah, your ass, yeah. you know. Nah, I ain't doing none of that. I'm I'm I'm, I'm cool. I mean, I. I have enough money that I have options. Sure, I don't sure. have to like, take like the, like the theme the theme park you're talking about. I love that analogy. I don't have to take that 
I don't have to. You got enough it. tokens. I'm cool. I'll pass. I'll pass. You know what? It's funny. Like speaking on this, like you talking about commercials. So I get a list of these commercials that they want people to do. Mm. Like other people too. Oh, it's an offer. Oh, okay, nice. Uh, anal leakage. What? Pay you half a million dollars for the commercial. Uh, erectile dysfunction. <laughs> but that would, that would see. This is my point. No, but, this is my point. But so, how, that would be that, funny because you, yo, I could only imagine you doing male uh, diapers. You can get a million bucks. Male what? Male diapers? How Adult fuck, diapers. How the fuck would you look? Hey, but listen. No, I'm. They just got saying. a million dollars. See what I'm saying? Some point you'd be like. I'm cool. Now, me, think of it as an unknown person might want to take that ticket because they don't have nothing. I'm trying to still go get. Imagine this, right? I'm walking down the street now. Hey, lemonade, lemonade. Hey, Ice, how's your ass leaking? You know, like, <laughs> yo, you still can't get your dick up. Oh, you know, no. yeah. but I'm saying these these com- <laughs> these commercials play a lot. Because nobody wants to do them. Classic. So if a celebrity is willing to do, you know, I had high blood pressure before. I got it down. No. So they offered. How'd you get it down? I just stopped being stressed out. Okay. I was stressed out. And it was basically based around stress. I learned how to say, I got a story based around that. But um, So you say you said that there you had an offer. What were you saying before I asked you how'd you get it down? blood pressure. Yeah. So I thought about that. I might do that because it's real. You know what I'm saying, and I, I, I. But the truth of the matter is that particular drug didn't take down the high blood pressure. Yeah. But yeah, the further you're willing to go, there's money. There, there, this, See, I, I, that's that's amazing. That's yeah, amazing. but you got to. But you got to sell. You got to. But well, here's the thing. One thing. It's I, not a sellout. It's, it's not just, a sellout, but it's, it's not original. It's not. It's not real. You know what? It's scary to me to think that I would be out there promoting male diapers. I'm like, nah, I'll pass. Maybe in 20 years. I don't know. Not right now. I'm still trying to get movies, and I don't need. I don't need that. <laughs> that would be funny. I, I'm not that strap. I, I if I was broke right now, you might catch me doing some shit like that to pay some bills. You, I don't need another car that bad. <laughs> you, 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 you ever have any any actors like that you met like kind of like oh that like. Uh, I'm explaining to you why. I heard Ray Liotta on this dude, Mark Marone's podcast. And I love Ray Liotta. I love good fellas, you know. Uh, and, and I remember him saying like, oh, I don't understand why actors act like assholes because it's pretend. We're making believe. Like, crazy things I never even knew. Ray Liotta never got into a fight. We're talking about a mafia guy that we portrayed as like a tough guy. Never got into a fight. You know, and and, and he's like, yo, we're playing. We're basically playing make believe. Now, Absolutely. don't get me wrong. Yeah, your so life hasn't always been full make believe. Right, you, you, right, right. Real it shit. Make believe it is make believe when you're acting. When you're acting, yes. You, have, you ever meet like you, you ever meet people like like you ever met De Niro? Uh, no. Okay. What about Scorsese? You want Scorsese? No. Okay. Who, who's somebody you met that like you know that you know you grew up watching or that you admired or you know that you like in in the acting world like you know I met a lot. I met Jerry Lewis. I met uh I met uh Dustin Hoffman. Mm-hmm. I met uh, I met a lot of people. Um, I can't think of them offhand. You and know. people just come up to you too, uh, you know, fans too, and stuff like that to work with each other. Because doesn't movies were like, obviously now, actors are cool. Like you know, I mean, every once in a while, I've never really ran into no asshole actors. You know, um, when I met Denzel, he spent a lot of time early before we started a scene, just being cool with me, just letting me know, leveling the field, chopping it up, being friendly. Um, 
because he didn't want me to walk on the set and be intimidated, you know. But uh, John Lithgow, mm. um, you know, uh, F. Murray Abraham, Gary Busey. All, I mean, classic guys. You're, you're walking on the set with professionals. Yeah. Um, they expect you to know your lines, to work, to try to get the scene. We, they, we all have a vested interest. If I'm in a movie with you, I have a vested interest in this being good. I want this to hit as bad as you. We want to we want to have good work out there. That leads to more good work. So no one, you know, if you show up on the set high or unprepared, you're probably going to catch a vibe from an actor. Sure, but that would be stupid. And usually they know that before, you know, when you're being casted, they want to know how professional you are. Mm-hmm. What about Wesley Snipes? Business. Yeah. Wes was the business. When I did New Jack City, Wes came in. He had his 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 uh his script in a folder with a leather binder on it. Me and Chris Rock had our script in our back pocket. We like, oh, this is what real actors do. He was had notes and shit, you know. But when you work with Wesley, he's so good. Like in that scene in New Jack when he said he killed my mom's. I believe the shit. Like mm-hmm. he says it and it and it's easy to react to it. Mm-hmm. You know. When you're acting with somebody, if I grab you and I tell you something happened and you really believe mm-hmm. it, you're going to give me a real sure, reaction. Sure. If I'm whack, it's hard for you to come off because I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, so it, it, it's it's a give and take, you know, but I've been very fortunate and be on Law and Order 20 years. I've acted pretty much every day for 20 years. Sure, sure. So it's many it's, different actors and they do it effortlessly. Mm-hmm. The little kids mm-hmm. blow my mind. Mm-hmm. Little kids come on there and they'll jerk a tear and cry and scream and then they go cut and they'll get back on their phones. Oh shit. And they'll laugh. They'll show you pictures of their school. And they go action. Bam. It is dropped right off into it. It's amazing. Mm. It's, 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 it's a, uh, acquired skill. You know, you know that part where you were running after Pookie huh. in New Jack city, you know, running after, was that really like, were they following you running or is that Dude, just that, a lot of clip scenes? That was the first day of shooting at that movie. The first day of shooting, and my dumb ass, I show up there, I want to do my own stunts. So uh, uh, the main uh, stunt coordinator named Jerry, he was like, uh, you want to do your own stunts? They had a stunt dude there, looked like, dressed like me and everything. I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm badass. Dude, I ran all over Harlem. I ran up, down steps, over this, up and down. Oh, man. So by lunch, my legs were totally seizing up. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when you haven't ran in a while, my legs, my thighs were hurting. So I'm like, yo, 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 Jerry, how about I just run into the camera? All this stuff running away from the camera like that. He goes, I like to let actors figure that out for themselves. That's why your man is here. He's your friend. He's your, he's here for you. So like when you see the scenes, like where I'm running across the park and it's my back, that's not me. That's somebody else. Cause at that point I was, but all the jumping and all that I was doing, I, was, I went in pretty gung ho, but mm. learn to respect your stunt man. He's there for a reason. And, uh, yeah, I shot Chris rock at his ankle and shit. That was wild. And we just went in banging and, um, the guy that did the bike stunts, guy named Jay Lash. Yeah, he's now one of the number one stuntmen in Hollywood. Really? Yeah, he's car. That was his first gig. He was a, like a, a BMX bike mm, rider and mm. motorcycle rider, and now he's hot. He, I saw him on Jay Leno's garage. Shout out to Jay Lash. You know, you know, going back to Cop Killer for a second. When you made that, you know, it's funny because the government came after you. Yeah. You know, and and you know, 
take us through a short story of that, but more importantly, like, what do you think about cops today? You know, because at the same time, cop killer wasn't only you didn't only hate cops. You said there was a lot of good cops. You know what I mean? Uh, well, cop killer story goes like this: uh, we got a group called Body Count. We're in the rehearsal hall and classic body. I mean, legendary. Yeah, man. and I'm 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 singing Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads. So I walk in the room, Psycho Killer, and 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 my my drummer, B Master V, the one who died, the one I said cried over, said. He was so hood. He was like, we need a cop killer right now. I'm like, what you talking about? He said, yo, cops is out of pocket. This is pre-Rodney King. Sure. They just killed whack. They did this. They did that. They shot this guy. He said, somebody took off on the cops. They might check themselves. You know, this is like his words. Like, you know, meaning if somebody were to shoot at the cops, you know, they might check themselves. But nobody's really bringing it back to them. So they just getting crazy, right? So my brain started thinking. I said, what if somebody snapped and went on a rampage killing cops? So I created this character who was riding around shooting cops. It wasn't me. It was a character I created. So we make the song. The song is hot. Everybody loves it. We do Lollapalooza. We singing it. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Everything is good. A year later, we get a thing from the... In, the, the the uh, Fraternal Order of Police out of Austin, Texas. And they're mad at this song Cop Killer and they're mad at Warner Brothers Records. They were never mad at me. They were mad at Warner Brothers for giving me the platform to, to, to do that. Yeah, You know, the white people went after the mm, white people mm, mm. and shit was on. It was on. Next thing you know, Charlton Heston came in. Uh, stockholders meeting, blah, blah, blah. I'm on NBC News. I'm all over this thing. I'm public enemy number one. Mm. FBI's on my bumper. Everybody's checking in to see what's up with me. And uh, shit just got hectic. Shit just got hectic. And uh, the Source magazine went in on me. The Source was on some sucky shit because they called me and told me I got to give them this. They, I got it. They amazed them. Were like, you got to give us an exclusive. I'm like, I ain't got to do shit. Like, we mean I got to give you an exclusive. Like, y'all ain't the source. I'm sure, the source. Sure, sure, sure. Fuck's matter with you. So they came at me wrong. So of course, on the other phone, I got Rolling Stone. Uh, Rolling Stone is like, yeah, right we'll on give deck. You the, we'll give you the cover. I'm like, hold the source. <laughs> Rolling Stone. I did the Rolling Stone. And so when I do the Rolling Stone, they say, we're going to put you in a police uniform. I'm like, why? they like, this will make them mad. They'll hate this. this oh, my really God, man. Rub salt in the wounds. You as a cop. Imagine a cop getting pulled over by you. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. I see the spin. So we do that. I do this full ad article. Shit was off the chain. You know, we ended up pulling the record. Because Warner was getting bomb threats. It just went crazy. The president, I was playing. Tech- Who was the president at the time? Bush. Oh, okay. Quail. So I'm, I'm, at, I'm at the crib and the homies is playing, let's date it, Techno Bowl. Mm, mm, so techno Bowl. God techno damn. Motherfucker's like, Class. yo, cuz, ice, ice. The president is on the fucking TV talking about ice. So I'm, I come running in the room and it's Dan Quail and motherfuckers like, yo, an ice tea. Yo, dog, everyone in the room, like this room, everybody was like, oh, shit. This is back when you had real presidents. Like, sure. Trump might just be go mad, go off on Tretch or somebody tonight. He don't give a fuck. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's out of his mind. Yeah, you're saying mind. they would have never mentioned you? you mean no, that? the president don't speak on normal <laughs> he said people. said Tretch, that's classic. Yeah, you know, 
Trump will just tip yeah, yeah, off yeah, on yeah, any yeah, motherfucking yeah, yeah. body. Like tonight, he just be been mad and just you know, and little yachty. Like yeah, yeah. President Trump is fucking some other kind of cop. You ever met Donald Trump uh, back in times. the day? A couple times. Let's finish this. Yeah. Fuck the Trump. So, so, <laughs> so, so we. Uh, Trump's the kind of motherfuckers. He'll take a picture with you if if someone says it'll be to his advantage. Sure. Like sure. he'll be like, "Fuck premium people." Oh no, he talks to a lot of people. He's yeah, very. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then he walk off like you're shit. He's he's a opportunistic motherfucker. Yeah. Trump is not a white supremacist. Trump is a supremacist. Mm. He's mm. supreme to mm. everything on earth. You know. Mm. And the way I think, I won't even say no. I'm about to go someplace. But there's another rapper who I think is a supremacist too. Mm. And when you start to believe that you're supreme above all, yeah, that's that's a, that's a head trip right there. So, um, back to my shit. So now the cops is on my bumper, blah, 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 blah. We pulled the track cause, cause Warner brothers has been nothing but cool. And we put another song on it called freedom of speech. And, uh, then when it was time to do home invasion, they were shook. They brought somebody in to look at every one of my lyrics, lyrics yeah, yeah. you know, I had a record and, uh, uh, I say, uh, and record, I had a record called G Style, which had a lyric. I say, I give a fuck about a cop or a G man. They all talk shit. Their breath smelling like semen. I take them in the alley all alone, put them in the prone, pop, pop, pop to the dome. That one is like, you still killing cops? Yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck's with you in this murder of yeah. police? I'm like, oh yeah, this is hardcore imagery. Like, I don't, I don't give a fuck. But uh, yeah. Know, what about what about today's day and age, man? Like as far as like cops, I don't, see. See, thing of it is, is this: I have a problem with brutal cops. I have a problem with racist cops. That's it. Mm. I don't have a problem with police. I was a criminal, so we never hated the cops. A real criminal knows the cops aren't the enemy; they're the opponent. That's who you're gonna be if you and I. What's saying? Let me hear again. Chris, me, you, and Chris decide we gonna hit a bank tonight. Oh shit! We not mad at the cops. They're just the opponent. Mm, we mm. gotta beat them. Yeah. Uh, if they catch us, then we cuff up and we play law and order. You said who? One day you said something like, "Who has the harder job?" Like I remember you made a point one time a long time well, ago. Well, the like, cops' job is to keep me from yeah. crossing this line. Yes. The criminals' job is to figure out how to cross it and get back without getting caught. So. Everybody has a job, but if you're a criminal and you you're mad at the law, the law is what makes you make money. That's that's if if if, if drugs weren't weren't illegal, there would be no profit margin there. So the cops' job, if cocaine was legalized tomorrow, the cops wouldn't be busting people. Mm. So they're just following their job. So why are you being mad at them? I'm mad at the guy that's a punk. He's fucking with you for no reason. He's taking out the fact that, you know, he ain't getting no sex or whatever on you. He's he's a hater, all that. Those people, fuck them. But a real cop that's out doing his job, trying to keep the world straight, I'm not mad at him. And now I'm a legit citizen. I don't break the law, so I need them to help protect me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So am I a hypocrite? No, I was on one side. Now I'm on the other side. Am I a hypocrite because I was once a criminal and now I'm not? No, I've grown. I've evolved. This is just life. And, you know what and, I'm yeah. and I'm honest. I'm honestly being honest. When I was in there, my crew did not hate the cops. Mm. We mm. were out to outsmart mm. the cops. So there was no anger. But the cop that would pull somebody out of the street and whoop their ass like Rodney King, fuck them. Mm. Mm. Fuck mm. them. Mm. Two different things. 
So now, like even the cop I play on TV, is Ice T in real life cool with that cop? I'd probably be cool with Finn because Finn is chasing pedophiles and rapists. Sure, sure. We don't even like them in prison. Sure. So he's a cop. He's not out busting kids for joint. He's not running up, whooping kids' asses in the street for nothing. He's after the worst of the worst. So even though I am playing a character in real life, I could be cool with that particular police officer. Didn't Dick Wolf say something to you like, what kind of cop we need, Ice? Like, I remember him, you saying, like, he was like, you know, what would your version of a cop be, right? What happened was when I got the job, I was like, no, no, another police officer, you know, and there's a reason they keep casting me as a police officer. It's because when you cast people on type, they, it's not much acting. So say when we do another gangster movie or whatever, and I play the boss of Bob, whatever, not much acting going on. But if you cast me as a school teacher or a cook, what you get is a, you get a cop or a cop with an interesting dynamic, a different, a different kind of cop. But I know personally that in street crime, the higher you go up the food chain, the more the cops are like criminals. Mm, mm. The more they, they, they look like you more. They talk like you more. Have you ever seen the guys that go after the mob? You think they watch sure, sure, guys. Sure, sure, sure. Like act- that Donnie Brasco story. So when you're in the dope game or the crime, the cats you're up against look and talk and act just like you. They just got a badge. They just got a badge. So that's what Dick Wolf wanted. He wanted a cop with a very heavy street sense. Now, I know one thing from acting is it's easier to get a a street cat to act like a square than get a square to act Mm, like a street mm, cat. mm. Just the way we carry ourselves, the way... Just, just the voice of it is is authentic or not. You can feel it. Mm. You can tell. Mm. So he he came at me and he said, "Ice, I know you don't like the cops." That's what he said. And I said, "Nah, Dick, I don't hate the cops. I'm just, you know, I don't like brutal ones." Okay, okay, okay. But you admit we need them. I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, I got kids. I need somebody out there. I mean, motherfuckers would go buck wild. This ain't the purge, you know. Sure, absolutely. (laughs) You know, but I said, I said, uh, he said, but uh, okay. So play the cop we need. Mm. That was his note. Mm. So I, I try to, I try to imagine if I had to be a cop, where would I draw the lines? That's why Finn ain't really busting people for bullshit. He stays out the way. So yeah, you, on this show you you've got a a cop with a kind of an ice sensibility. But Dick Wolf also told me he said all great actors play themselves. Mm. So he says if you meet Nicholson, he's very much like the characters you play. A Pacino is very much like that, or De Niro is very much. You're playing something that's very close to you. I think Eddie Murphy. We know Eddie Murphy, and his characters are very much Eddie Murphy. So, but. Playing a cop, one thing, playing a cop and a gangster are the exact same acting. Exact. So if the scene says, I got to sit down with you and Chris and I got to talk some shit to you, I'm acting the exact same way, whether I'm a gangster or I'm a cop. I got a gun. I got an attitude. Mm, mm, mm. And I got 
consequences if y'all don't go along with what the fuck I say. It's the same exact vibe. If I tell you, Chris, walk in here and you the police, you're going to walk in with a swag and you're going to tell us what the fuck's happening because you the law. Oh, if you same shit, it's exactly, exactly. Same acting. Yeah. You know you, <laughs> you know uh, as we wind this episode down, Ice. I mean, you, it's like you're fucking this part one of a twenty part miniseries. You're, you're fucking. I know. <laughs> I, actually, that's what you need to do. So you don't have to commit every week to a podcast. You need to do like a season because you official like that. A spoken word, long drawn out. Maybe we could do that one day. We could set up and figure out how to do it and do a long one, like 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 the first. The first, you know how people do spoken words? Yeah, like yeah. I think the first long form, in-depth ice tea. By ice tea. Yeah, yeah. Could be something. Could be something. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. <laughs> Listen, Pops, Pops, Pops was... Um, A lot of levels. Pops wasn't, you know... You 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 have three kids. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, I feel like we have uh, a lot in common. I mean, you have a, a bigger uh, pause. Gap. Have a bigger gap. Yes, than me. sir. Uh, I have a fifteen year gap. I have an eighteen year old daughter, three year old son. You have you have three. I have kids. a forty year old daughter. Yeah. I have a twenty seven year old son and a two year old. We both pressed the we both pressed the restart. Restart. Line. And that's what Muhammad Ali says: when a man has a baby in the second half of his life, it sets a restart. Mm. It's uh, it resets him. My daughter is the best thing that ever could have happened in my mm-hmm. life. Why is that? Because at this point, I, I I don't I don't need any more accolades. I don't need another gold record. I don't need. I, I, I I've done my television run. I I don't know what when would have excited. Like we got nominated for Grammy last year. I'm like big deal. Like, mm-hmm. but this baby is the best thing because I'm very focused on this one. Like. They say, exhibits say, uh, kids are like pancakes. You fuck up the first couple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So my daughter, I was too young. I was, I was 17 having a baby and, 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 and I was in high school and I didn't know what, what was going on, but i being an orphan. I wanted a kid. Yeah. I struggled with her. I was in the streets. She yeah. was my baby while I was in a, I gave her back to her moms and said, I'll come back with money. So I showed love by just buying her shit. Yeah. I was not there. Yeah. And that's something I always talk about presence over presence. Like, you know, like but, some, sometimes, you know, like we, we, we try to, you know, but you're trying to get off the ground. Yeah. You grinding. You were young too. Speed, and I'm taking risks. I can't have no kid around me. I'm, I'm breaking the law. I'm taking risks. So I'm that I'm that guy. I know how many kids out there right now, young fathers that are still making those decisions when they got a baby at home. That's a rough life. That's a rough balance when you taking a penitentiary chance to feed your kids. Okay, did that. Little ice that came right when I became Ice T. That was with uh, Darlene. Yeah. So now here I am embarking on this rap career. Once again, how am I be home? I'm hustling. I'm dealing with fame. I'm all over the motherfucking place. I'm dealing with everything. Groupies, everything. I'm having my kid. I'm trying to hold my family down because I've already come from a, a, a no father, no mother home. But I'm I'm in the I'm in the world of this fucking rap shit, and it's bananas. And I'm trying to win. So my focus still wasn't as focused as it should be. You know what I'm saying? That relationship ended up splitting up. I still got a good relationship with my kids. But now here comes Chanel Mm, mm. with Coco married all this time. Mm. The baby comes. I'm with Coco during the pregnancy every day. Doing things you never did back then. Never seen all this shit. Never been 
one-on-one sure, with a woman sure, through a pregnancy, sure. has the baby, baby come home from the hospital, baby sleeps in the bed with us still to today. Mm. Every day I wake up with my baby, mm. I see the kid. Beautiful. It's, Same I'm, focused, again. I'm able to really witness this whole thing. And once you have a baby, your brain goes, I can't die. I got to stay healthy. I got to get more paper. I got to make sure she's good. All these new things click in. Right now, when you're my age, 60, you could be like, I could chill. I can kick back. Now I'm like, I can't kick back. I got to keep going. I got to stay in shape. I'm in better shape now than I was 10 years ago. I'm like healthy. It's like you start automatically looking to eat better. Sure, sure. It's just you want to be here. Yeah. You know, you want to be here another 10, 15, well, 20, 25 sure. years. You want to sure. stay here. So I'm like, I decided I'm not going to die at least till I'm 100. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm also booked till I'm 100. Really? So How? I, what do you mean? I, I, I booked. I got shows and shit. About, so I, I, you have a show 40 years from I, now? I got, I got them booked. So I, I, ice, and I, I looked at my Illuminati. I looked at my schedule and I didn't see no funeral in there. So I figured I, I got to be here. You got a will? Got a will on deck? I got all that shit. And the cool thing about being 100, Pete, is all these 30 year old motherfuckers will be 70 still trying to talk that young shit. And I'll be like, you old motherfucker, still on some young shit now when you're 70. You so once I get up, if I can get up into the to the 90s, then I can look back on all these little kids that's talking old shit and be like, now, motherfucker, now you're 70. I'll come over there and whoop your ass. Nah, you, know, <laughs> you know, you said something one time about like, uh, remember Coco, and I feel like, uh, you know, you've been together for 17 years, and I feel like she's been like a rock uh, uh, behind you. You know what I mean? Like, or, like it's been nice to see that. You it's know? been good. It's been but you said something, not to cut you off, yeah. but you said something about like, you know, you need someone that, like, you say, like, yo, I, I could go out and get a truckload of money. He's like, but, you know, I, the cable bill may get shut off. Like, or you said, like, you don't really cross the T's and dot the I's. And I feel like what people don't understand a marriage, because I've, I've been divorced. Right. I didn't, I, you know, I felt like a failure that first time. And, and what people don't understand, it's not about, uh, it's about being, having a partnership. partnership. You know what I mean? Especially nowadays. Yeah. Nowadays, I mean, back in the days when people got married, it's because people lived in small towns and it was a way of claiming your woman in front of everyone. And so you lived in a village and you would come out and say, this is my wife. Everybody take notes. Okay. And that's what it was. It was a way of saying that this is a real situation. Now you in the world like that. It doesn't really matter as much as people say it's under God. If you think God's going to get you through a marriage, good luck. You got to marry somebody. You got to be in a a business and, and, and partnership, you know, uh, I say opposites attract, but they don't stick. Mm. You got to be very similar artistically, mostly, uh, where, because art is where you're going to eat. It's how you're going to decorate your crib. It's how you're going to dress. It's how, where you're going to go for vacation. It's what you, all the things you do. Hope, hopefully you're going to like those things together. I was watching this show with this guy. He, 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 uh, I said it on the other show. He uh, raised snakes. Mm. This motherfucker was married to his woman like 60 years, right? This old 80-year-old man. Mm. But he had to find a bitch like snakes. Mm. You know, his girl, like, she <laughs> likes snakes too. You know what I'm saying? And they pulling snakes out the box. So you got to find somebody. Like, one of my quotes is, love is not looking someone in the eyes. It's looking out in the same direction. Mm. So mm. you got to find someone who sees the future the way you see it. If you want to live on the beach and your girl wants to live in the snow, that's a deal breaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a deal breaker. So you got to find somebody who you can say, yo, this is what I want. She goes, yeah, yeah, that, that's, 
That's that's what I want. We can move together in that direction. The problem is free will. Mm, mm. At any moment, one of those people could go, "What? You know what? I'm wrong. I want this." Or you know what? I'm not with it. And that's how why it's a relationship is so volatile. And when I say, "Oh, I've been together 17 years," there's been ups and downs. There's sure, been bumps sure. in the road. But at the end of the day, we always realize, you know what? This is the best situation for me, you know, regardless, you know, I might have went this way or that way. But you know what? This is where I need to. Sure. Be. And that's where we do that with friends. Anyway, we go, yo, man, I was tripping. Now I'm back. You know, this is life. But uh, it's difficult. That's why I celebrate it when it's pulled off. When it's when you say, oh, I've been with somebody. 20, Whoa, that's celebrating. You know, next month, <laughs> next month, uh, my mother, we're having a party to celebrate her 50th wedding anniversary. Wow. See? You know, fifty, and you know it's crazy. I, re- I'm being honest, Ice, and this is not turning into a fucking uh, a marriage counseling uh, uh, episode, but, huh. but it's. I don't think we'll see that anymore, but, like as we move forward. Fifty years, that's yeah. real talk. Yeah, but you know, back in the day when they said better or for worse, they really meant. Yeah, it. yeah. You know, they wasn't on social media with the yeah, girl yeah. saying, they, they, oh, they, "My they, man left the toilet seat yeah. down." Fuck him, girl. Yeah. Fuck him. You can get somebody better. You know, get on here and have niggas send money to or your change PayPal. their status or change this. If you think about it, think about how many people like like Facebook is 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 the root of all evil because and that's why I left five six years ago. I never came back. Yeah, I don't do that. And motherfuckers won't delete either. Like I might go. They're like, "We'll be here when you come back." No motherfucker, I'm not coming back. Mm-hmm. You think about it, like. You, you you had a crush you grew up with, you know what I mean? You married now, fucking you connecting on Facebook, status like married or in a relationship now all of a sudden changed to single. Motherfucker like, okay, you know, let me let me it, it's an open invitation. Let me tell you, man, you fuck up somebody will take somebody's it's so easy now to leave because you, some, got, you gotta look at you got you, you gotta look at your bubble and you gotta realize like, you know, whatever your household is, that's your bubble. And concentrate on that. Concentrate on the people in your immediate bubble and stuff. Now, the people on the outside want in. Don't think they don't. Mm. There's people out there that want in. I mean, everybody's going to look and say, damn, I want some of that. And, you know, you got what everybody wants. So it's you have to be, you know, very cautious and take take it in stride. But, you know, I say you don't guide life, you ride life. Mm, mm, you know, mm. Well, no one knows what's going to happen tomorrow. And I don't know if I'm going to wake up tomorrow and you are going to be as cool with me as you are mm, today, mm. even as a homie. Mm. Y'all don't know what the fuck's going to happen. So hopefully, you know, you, you hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. You mm, know? Mm. So I don't I don't know. I, I, I always say, yo, everything is good today, man. Let's hope it stays that way because yeah, shit is. Shit is so volatile. Anything could happen at any given day, especially this day and age. You know, yeah. uh, any, fuck social media. Though. I mean, it's good. I, you are hold on because you are good on Twitter. So don't even at you final know, level. At, if you want to go, if you at put, final put on level. a fucking helmet and come in there with your motherfucking Kevlar and yes, everything. Kevlar. You heard that? Kevlar is very special. Come to in understand. there because I'm gonna take your head off. Come in there. You get one chance. Say some stupid, you block, or even what I put you in the mute where you can just yell at me for the next six months and I won't even hear that shit. You know, final level Ice T on Twitter. I, I love some of my favorites, bro. Who the F told you this was going to be easy? That's right, all right? Because it, Who did? it ain't somebody fucking easy. Somebody say life was going to be easy ever in your life. Somebody said it's going to be easy. No. 
So what the fuck you looking for? Go on. Daily game. In life, obstacles are just that. Things that are difficult to get around, but they're not impossible to pass. Just require more work. Get, get, so you have to identify an obstacle versus a wall. In other mm. words, if you want to be a woman and you're a man, that might be a wall. But nowadays, you might be able to become a woman. I don't know. But certain things are wall. Like if you're black, you're always going to be black. Mm. That's a wall. Mm. You're not going to be able to become white. But other things are just obstacles. Mm. And we have to get over obstacles. They're easy. You just take a little work. You got to figure out how to work your way around. Another good thing about obstacles is you might see somebody else you know on the other side of the obstacle. So you'll say, damn, I can never get on TV. But I just got over the obstacle. So there's a way. I just need to figure it out. Until someone breaks that obstacle, it might seem impossible. But somebody, we thought no black man could be president. Mm-mm. Amen. Amen. You got the art on your wall right yeah. there. He made it over it. So now it can be done. So every time someone breaks those barriers, everybody goes, oh, shit, it can be done. That's good. Here's another one. Up early traveling this morning. Chanel's my road dog. She's been on over 75 flights. Hold up. How old is your daughter, man? Two. Okay. All right. God bless America. Two. But she comes with us everywhere. When we we, we, we were going to have the baby, Coco was very concerned because Coco rides out with me. She's like, damn, I don't want to end up, you know, in the house. I'm like, no, you tuck her ass up under your arms, bring her along. (laughs) You know, Chanel's on tour with us. She's out there seeing the world with us, you know, so... God bless her. Yo, uh, here's the last one. I mean, just go to final level. I mean, just daily, daily game. Make sure you're doing what you want to do, not what you think people want you to do. It's your fucking life. You know, you think about that shit, man. Like, it, it, it's honestly... Well, a lot of people are living for what they think. I understand if your parents want you to do something, that's different. But if it's not your parents and you're you're trying to fulfill what other people think you should do... You're not living your life. You have to have the courage to. I wouldn't have done a rock band. I wouldn't have. There's so many things I wouldn't have. When I started rapping, my boys was like, yeah, you finna go rap, nigga. Mm, mm, you know, mm. like you have to have the courage to do yourself. I'm a black guy. You gonna marry a white girl? Mm. You, you worried about what the black community are mm. going to say? Fuck you. I'm doing me. I dig this. I'm only here for a short period. I'm doing me to the mm, fullest. Mm, and if anyone mm. got a problem with it, mm. that's their motherfucking problem, not mine. I don't have a problem with it. That's mm. your problem if you got a problem. Fuck you. Talk about it. And you're the only person I'm really concerned with are people I love. Mm. And, and and that's a small circle of people in my camp. And if they have a problem with something I'm doing, they know how to address it. And I might, I'll reconsider and I'll think about it. But just outside people, I could care less. You know, like when you're on Twitter, imagine this, Pete. Twitter is like taking a soapbox and standing you on it in the middle of the park and having thousands and thousands of people standing around. And I just pointed you and said, what do you think about Pete? Oh, he's handsome. Oh, he's fuck up. Oh, he looks like this. He ain't shit. Oh, I think he's cool. I like his sneakers. That's all it is. It's, it's just a, a big chat room, a global chat room where everybody can weigh in on any, any fucking thing. But if I walked into a room right now and I say, I think Allen Iverson is dope and you say it's dope and you say he's dope and you say he's dope. My man is just going to say, nah, just to fucking yeah, throw a yeah, wrench yeah, into yeah. the goddamn conversation. So that's what trolling is. People are just out there trying to get reactions sure. and bullshit. So you can't take social media seriously. I always say you want to understand social media broadcast. Don't receive Mm, mm. broadcast. Just put your shit out there. Don't read the comments. Just, 
put your shit out there for whatever reason you're doing it. Mm. The reason I'm on social media is because I use it to let people know where my shows are, a little promotion for this, that, and this. And give daily game, man. I have a little... Maybe that's my therapy. You asked me about my therapy. Mm -hmm. Maybe my therapy is sharing my experiences with the world. Sure, sure. Maybe that's me giving back. Mm. Maybe what I'm doing here is me hopefully dropping a jewel that's going to help someone else. Mm. And that's my retribution. That's me saying for all the dirt I've done, I'm trying to, to change somebody's life. Like Mm. my life was me running down a road, a hustler road, a player's road, 110%. If you had met me in my twenties, I was like suck ass, working ass motherfuckers. Mm, mm, mm. I was on my perm shit. I was on some negative gangster shit. Mm. I ran down this road a hundred percent, right? In a Porsche with a mink, got to the end and all the homies is gone off the edge to penitentiaries and they're dying. All right. And I look and I see it and they're falling. They're saying ice. Don't come here. Uh, my whole life you've known I've been running back up the road yelling don't go that way Mm, mm. don't go that way that's all I've ever done in my life that's what I've done in my music do not go that way and you can take it or leave it but it's from the heart it's real shit because Mm. there's nothing down there but devastation and pain and and, and drama Mm. I don't give a fuck you can put me in a room right now with the biggest gangster drug dealer hustler he could have a million Lamborghinis and shit like that and I'm just like, cool, dog. Like Meth said, have you so hot I won't even stand next to you. I'm like, cool, dude. I'm mm. cool. I mm. don't need to come to your crib. I don't know when them niggas is coming, but they coming. If, if the motherfuckers ain't got the brin breakers on, they got the ski masks. You know, <laughs> somebody's coming, dick. And I'm cool with it. You got any books you're reading? Any books you suggest to people? Oh, just read to- Art of War. Oh. Art of War, classic. One, read that. You know, it'll give you all the game you need to know. You know, one of my fa- two of my favorite quotes is before you go to war, you must consider the expense. You know, you kind of uh, put this throughout this whole episode, but if, so- if somebody's listening and, uh, you know, they they kind of stuck in their life, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe they don't know what to do or maybe they had plans that didn't work out. Maybe they hit a bump in the road and they really don't know how to bounce back. Or maybe uh, they're they're a young father and they're having problems, you know, seeing their kid and they feel like just, just the world is against them and on mm-hmm, their shoulders. Mm-hmm. I've been there. What, what would be some advice you have for them? Don't look for help. Mm-hmm. Don't don't expect help. Like. First off, eliminate everything around you that's think that's holding you back. All the negativities, all your friends. Don't take advice from people you don't admire. Don't listen to your boy about your girl if he ain't got no girl. Like, don't listen to your broke buddy about money. Understand that if you go for a negative route, there will be a payoff. But hopefully that payoff will come before the other payoff, which is going to be the drama. Mm. The, uh, the game eventually and always evolves to gunplay. At some point, you're gonna have to kill somebody, or somebody's gonna. It's go, it's gonna go there. It always goes to that point where someone's disrespected, sure, someone sure. gets robbed, someone has to kill somebody. So you're gonna. If you're not cut for that, if you're not going there, just get out. Sure. Don't go there now. Don't look for help. Come up with a simple plan that's going to make you a, a baby step and just keep taking those baby steps. Mm. And 
you're going to see options and openings. You're going to have to put in some work. You might have to go to school. You might have to learn how to do something. Uh, if you see another brother, like right now we're with the podcast, these are positive brothers with the cameras, step to them positively and tell them, say, hey, man, I'm trying to get up out of this. I'm trying to do something. They're going to bring you in on the bottom level, but get over with the positive people. Get away from the negative people. The negative people are going to suck you down that vortex of what I call the criminal vortex. You can pull this shit off, but you got to think of what you're doing. Maybe you're getting high. Weed ain't going to make things better. It's going to make you not think about it. Like weed will have you be like, I need to go to the gym tomorrow. Like you know, all that. Just, just get, believe in yourself. Like I had, I had a lecture the other day and I was talking to some kids and I was telling them it was fucked up. And I told him they could do it. And the kid stood up and says, I can't do it. You're lying. It can't be done. And I said, so what? I'm smarter than you. I'm flyer than you. Mm. I'm more gangster than you. Why can't you do it? I'm, I'm better than you. I'm just, a, I'm just, a, I'm way doper than you, right? Nah, but I did it. See? You're going to give in that, 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 that all these other people that can make it, are they better than you? You got to get your self-esteem up. You got to get your shit together. And they say 10,000 hours, you can be the expert at anything. Mm. So 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 create a, 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 a positive plan, like a plan to get out that's going to work your way up. And you're going to see, you'll see the benefits of it. But you can't sit home broke and be like, I want to be Lil Wayne, like, that's just not going to, you got to remember, Little Wayne been in the game 25 years. Little Wayne, ain't, this shit just didn't happen. You know, like all the people who you look at, they've been doing it for a minute. It took a while. If music, entertainment, it's risky and it's hard. It's very, very difficult. It's very difficult. And you got to do the odds. Like, say you want to be a rapper. You're looking at L.A., mm-hmm. Right. How many rappers came out of L.A.? Mm. It's less than 20. Less than 20. If you count Snoop, The Dog Pound, Q, Mac 10, uh, Kendrick, mm. uh, me, Exhibit, you know, it's not a lot. Cypress Hill, it's not a lot out of L.A. That's L.A. So the odds are very, 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 very high that you're going to be super successful in this. Mainly, only reason I was because I got out early. I jumped on the game early. Like, I got in the crack game early, but then when everybody came, I got out. I got in the rap game early. When everybody came, I got sure. out. Now I'm in the acting game, and everybody's coming over this motherfucking way. I got to figure out an exit strategy over yeah. here. But I think that with, with, the, with the hit, hit like, hits like fucking Black Panther and shit, now black people realize, yo, we can make it. Empire, all this shit. Hollywood is wide open if you got the right story. Yo, you just gotta have. I think. I think the essence is self esteem, mm. and you have to believe that the streets are not the only way you can make it. And you gotta believe: Are you a loser or a winner? Now, if you're stuck in some depression where you believe you're a loser, well, then I guess you're just gonna lose. Mm. I used to sit back and say. I'm Ice T. I done gave myself this name. I'm some fly motherfucker. I got to be this nigga. Like, if that's who I'm, if that's who people, if I'm, if I got, I got to give up my name. Like, I can't be 
this, I can't create this image and not be this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? I gotta be that nigga. If that's who the fuck I'm, I am and people respect me for it, well, I wouldn't want people to respect me and be, I'm a fake. But, you know, they got this other theory, fake it till you make it. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I figured well, you're gonna be good at whatever you you practice. Mm. <laughs> so if you practice faking it, you might just become a great fake. You know, you know, I, I, I will, I will say this. I, you, uh, lost both your parents at a young age, often, uh, moved to LA with an aunt who really didn't, uh, you know, give a fuck about you. Moved out of there at 17 years old. Uh, you know, uh, hustled, uh, went to the army. Where went and listened in the army. Hold, hold on, hold on. Listen to the army. Uh, then came back home, fucking got on your fucking heat bank robbing shit. Uh, exit that, uh, went to the music where almost died, right? Then you got into a car accident, almost fucking died, broke like fucking mad bones. Uh, went into acting, uh, you know, father. Restart, like yo. Honestly, the fucking in the mix of that, I got hit with two bullets. Okay, different times. Yo, did so you- I got one through the leg, one in the, in the lung. So I've been been a gun. I was a gun. I was in the shootout shit before it was popular. Mm-hmm. I remember when Fifty came out, so he got shot five times. I'm like, you telling people? Like, I didn't know you would tell. That was embarrassing. You're like, damn, I should have did my marketing before that. I didn't know. But yeah, I got a couple of slugs. You know, you got a lot of uh, homies in the game. Um, you know, it's it's funny. We were talking beforehand about Ben Baller. Uh, shouts to Ben. I actually give uh, Ben a lot of credit. Not only do I admire his hustle, but he's the one that told you, like, yo, you got to go on the Combat Jack show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even, even people like Bumpy Knuckles, um, you know, official dude, man, uh, just a real G. You know, you think about people like Chuck D, you know, and, and I mean, you have so many people. I don't want to sit here and, right. and, and name well, so many people, but those particular guys. And game some, knows yeah. game, man. Yeah. And people understand who's authentic. You know, a real cat is going to fill you. They're going to fill you. You know, I remember. When I used to be out with Easy and stuff, and we would go to different places, and the gangsters be like, "Yo, Easy!" Like they want to, they want to, they want you to come to them. They want to talk to you. You know what I'm saying? And me and E would sit back and we chop it up with different cats in different neighborhoods. I mean, there's 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 a vibe people get, you know. And official cats look like they they're drawn toward each other. You know, um, when I first came to New York, I was hanging out with with B.O. And, 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 mm-hmm. and, and like uh, Sugar Ray and all the, the cats from Bronx called the Giganti family. And they was the street cats. But they dug me. I mean, you know, it's easy. It's easy out here. Just don't be no suckers. Stay, mind your business. Get your own paper. Stop angling people. Stop trying to mm. do that. Just, 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 just be you. I'm cool. Like, I'm cool. I don't need nothing from you, Pete. I don't need nothing from nobody. I'm cool. I don't. I'm, I'm going to get mine my way. I'm cool. Listen, Internet, with that said, uh, Ice, listen, I wish you the best of everything, brother. I mean, you know, honestly, your journey has been a long one, but I always say this to people that I believe in, like, it's just beginning, you know, and, and I really feel like even though you, you, you're uh, about 20 years older than me, I, I relate to a lot of shit, you know, restarting in life, being able to, like, I always preach to presence over presence. You're able to do that now with your youngest kid. It's special. Life listen, is special. Pete, man, you know? Listen, man, listen. We're all the same age. We're either alive or we're not. Mm, mm. There's no expiration date. Mm. You know, Jack should be here. Mm. Uh, a kid can pass at 20, 25. So it doesn't matter. You're either here or you're not. None of us, we're not all promised in this room we'll be waking up tomorrow. So we're all the same age. It's just, you're just here. Or you're not. Well, if I do wake up tomorrow, I'm going to hit you at 6 in the morning. 
We'll be here. We'll be here. You know, let some of us have just been here a little long. Oh shit! Who's that? They bet. Internet. Listen, we at Ice's house. The legendary. That's the dog. Dog guy again? Huh? Listen, Internet. The one and only. The legendary. The iconic. Okay, we can't even cover everything in one fucking episode, but it's been a blessing to sit down here in his crib. It's, it's luxurious. I'm looking at a salt water tank. Uh, for those who are looking on the video sense, we'll probably uh, go check out that uh, the car garage, and I'll show you an Obama picture that's 3D. Now, we ain't going to floss on them, no. We're going to okay. keep it 100. You okay. know what's here. Peace. I'm not trying to say. I told you it's either the, the windbreakers or the ski masks. I'm not trying to get run up in my crib. Keep it one. Keep it Dole, keep it shaded. Internet. Those who say don't know, and those who know don't say. The one and only Ice T. Cheer. <laughs> Internet. If you enjoyed that episode, I want you to email me at thepremiumpeacho at gmail Again, that email is thepremiumpeacho at gmail Let me know what you thought. And listen, all my advertisers out there, all my big businesses, my small businesses, whoever, a friend, a store, you want to advertise on the Premium Peacho? Email me at thepremiumpeacho at gmail.com, and let's get working, okay? Make sure you subscribe, rate, leave a comment on all streaming platforms of the podcast. Tell a friend to tell a friend, and we'll see you next episode. Cheer.